Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 266 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Finally, the yearly wrap-up. We have waited a long time to do this. More weeks than we normally do. Sometimes we do it in late December, sometimes the first week of January, but unfortunately, some sicknesses got into both of our houses where we could not do an episode last week, but here we are. Better late than never, I would say, Uh, and we're ready to do our best and worst of 2021, but Sam and I are still on the mend, so we could not do this alone. We had to bring in some reinforcements, so we are so happy and so proud to say Joining us for our awards ceremony, the Wee Pod Awards of 2021, Mike Cassini. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us tonight. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. Um, prepare for your listening ship. Uh, viewers, subscribers to skyrocket. <laughs> We're going to go up by <laughs> three and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, but listen, I'm, I'm happy to be here. You guys, uh, you know, I, I think I have uh, progressed my uh, my love to you guys in this in this podcast for many years. And I'm, I'm happy to be here and probably on the I think one of the best episodes you guys do yearly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, you're probably half the reason me and Greg are still powering through. Here ah, because, no, you know, come on. Come, come on. on. No, it's a no. team effort over here. We'll get to no, know uh, Mike in just a minute here, but. Uh, he was kind enough to bring us some trivia questions for us, so he's going to to give them the, uh, to us tonight, so he, he prepared a couple. But Mike is, Sam's not lying, Mike is one of the biggest reasons. Uh, he's like a booster, if you will. Like, if we were a college, he kind of would be keeping us open. Um, so we, we just appreciate all the things that Mike has done for the show, just spreading the word, being a great person, DMing us all the time, talking to us about the show, the episodes, how we could get better, what he liked, what he didn't. And so we thought, what a better time to bring you on than arguably the our favorite episode, the one that everybody likes the most outside of the E3 stuff every year. This is the one. So, Mike, thanks again for coming on. We are going to start in a, in a tough place tonight. We're going to pay tribute to a very unexpected passing. Before Mike takes over for trivia for us, we'll get to know Mike for a second. But then, are we Pot Awards? Our fifth or sixth? I can't remember. I went back into our archives and I didn't label our first one awards, so I don't know if it's five or six, uh, but it'll be our best and worst of the year where we list our top three favorite movies of the year, our favorite TV shows of the year, our games of the year, and our albums of the year before we list our worst. Now, there's going to be some crazy shit tonight, some caveats, because Sam didn't play a whole ton of games. We didn't listen to a whole, I did, but maybe some of our other folks didn't listen to a whole shit ton of albums. So we got a lot of caveats to throw at you tonight. It's going to be crazy. I got surprises up my sleeve that Sam doesn't even know about. So he's going to be pissed as hell at me well, when we get there. Well, like, like I always <laughs> am, but since I don't have like the music, the games, I figured, let me add my top three comic pickups pickups of the year and my top three game pickups. Yeah, of the year. so we'll do the comic pickups when we do albums, and Mike's actually going to do his top three podcasts. We want to spread the love a little bit of our fellow podcasters. We're not one of those podcasts that like gatekeeps other pods. We like to spread the love, uh, and I'll do my albums where I already did a bunch on Twitter. If you follow me at the Nintendo, I've already hinted at most of my top fifteen games of the year and most of my top thirteen albums of the year. <clears throat> saving obviously the big boys Jesus. for this podcast. Uh, and then after that, Sam and I will take over for the rest of the episode where Sam will take over in gaming, where we have a 007 golden ITs, maybe coming back some PSVR two stuff. Pokemon legends got a 14 minute gameplay blowout 
Kirby and the Forgotten Land got a release date, and God of War is available now on PC. Before we then go into TV, where we are going to talk Peacemaker, because it is available right now on HBO Max. We've watched it, and we will talk about it. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Uh, Mike alluded to it before the show, uh, a little inside baseball. Something Degrassi related is going to be in our show tonight, and I cannot wait. I'm going to say the story to Sam. He's going to have nothing to say, and then I'm going to go over top of it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Just a couple of stories and movies before we get on out of here, but let's not uh, waste any more time. Let's excuse me, pay some tribute to a fallen comedian, a local tie here. Bob Saget has passed away unexpectedly. Yeah, you said before, it came out of goddamn nowhere. I mean, he was, he was like the TV dad that we all grew up with watching. Obviously, we all watched Full, Full House growing up. I assume you did, Mike, also. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, from Funny's Home Videos, you know, <laughs> to stand up to your one of your favorite shows, Greg, How I Met Your Mother. Yep. Was, what I was, I, I looked, I saw he did 192 episodes of Full House and 191 episodes of America's Funniest Home Videos. Which was, which was YouTube before YouTube. I mean, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen tons of memes where it's like, uh, this guy brought you your cat videos before YouTube. So I, <laughs> he really, I, did. really yeah. did. He really did. And um, uh, How I Met Your Mother, one of my favorite shows of all time. And I got to see him live, one of his last performances before the pandemic uh, in Glenside, where he did a wonderful comedic bit, brought up an acoustic guitar, played some songs, had some fun. And like, that's where I'm going to remember him from. The last time I saw him in anything was I was 10 rows away from him. So that was a pretty cool experience. Nah, that's freaking awesome. And like again, the only thing that left that we didn't see was a movie called Killing Daniel. Um, but who's in it? Bob Saget, Joel, David Moore. I don't know anything about it, but that's the last one that's going to come out later this year. I had to break the news to my daughter because she just actually started getting into Fuller House, right? The 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 remake, mm. and uh, you know, I had to tell her like, you know, Dad used to watch that growing up, TJF, you know, eight o'clock on Friday nights, and. Yeah, he was a good dude. I, and everything I heard, like I know Stern was talking about him and they were giving tribute this week. And uh, the, the behind the scenes, like he was a really good dude, like like stay yeah. in touch with him, like reach out. And I think the killer part is he was only 65. And like I heard he died in bed by holding his heart. So they think he might have had like a heart attack. Um, oh, just a good geez. dude. Like I, I mean, come on. It's like it just sucks. Um, you know, I know he had a, a raunchier presence on stage, but like behind the scenes, he was solid dude yeah. from whatever i mean heard. the best part is the first time you hear like people hear his stand up when you're just oh it's danny tanner <laughs> then you hear it and then see their reactions yeah. it's, it's priceless it really is and being there like live too where he's just talking about he's like I, you know i'm not going to repeat the jokes here they're not for children not like our podcast is but uh it's it's wild because you don't you see him through a tv screen it's one thing you hear his voice on how i met your mother it's another you see him you know, 25 feet away from you. And he's just standing there with an acoustic guitar with a drink in another hand. And he's just like talking about, you know, uh, the Olsen twins. <laughs> like it's, <Yeah>. it's just <laughs> funny stuff. And so, you know, 65 a is not old anymore. No, and B no, he, that's scary. he didn't even look at that old. You know, he was, he looked like a spring damn chicken. So rest in peace, Bob Saget, you will be missed. Um, a wonderful tribute on Twitter from a ton of different comedians and actors and actresses just paying their respects and you know the, the I, world I, lost I saw, a good I saw, Yeah, I saw Dave Coulier on Twitter said you you know I'll never let go, bro. There was a picture of them holding hands. So each of them did pay the respects and it was you know very sweet. Let's kind of transition away from that into trivia. It's a tough transition tonight, but Sam, I had the best question. Like I was so psyched on it. I was ready to rock and roll. I'm going to keep it in the chamber for next week because Mike had DM'd us and said, hey, I got some questions for you. So, Mike, 
It is five for me, three and a half for Sam on a race to 11, win by two. I'm going to hand it over to you to give us some questions. All right. So I think they're equally hard, right? So I, I don't think they're, they're uh, softballs, and they're definitely in Greg, your wheelhouse of video games, and Sam Batman. So I'm going to start off with Sam first, all right? All right. What you got? So during the events of the Night of Owls, which you recently talked about, right? I think mm-hmm. it was on your CGC spotlight. The yep. Batcave became under attack by the Talons. What is the name of the exosuit Batman used to help battle the Talons? The exosuit. I forget what it was called. Pretty badass. And, and Greg Capullo yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I'm seeing the images. Like, what did he call it? L- let me hear the name. I, I forget what he called it. Okay. A, the Terminator. B, the Thrasser. C, the Exterminator. I think I'm going to go with the Exterminator. B, the Thrasher. God damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. Good question. Good question. I should have got that one. All right, Greg. This one, video game related, right? And there's, I, I would find it odd that this game isn't going to be mentioned tonight, but it has to deal with Metroid Dread. And the question is what is the development code name for Metroid Dread? I know this. Um, it's a tough one. I got to admit, I, I, I was like, Greg's, there's no way Greg doesn't know this. I know you follow all those Nintendo sites and everything, and you love all that. So No, it's, I know it. I can't pronounce it. It's something Spanish because Mercury. Neither can I. Mercury Neither Steam I. is a Spanish developer. I know it has something to do with Hunters in Spanish, wow. and I cannot pronounce it. So because I can't pronounce it, I'm going to ask for the choices. As soon as you say it, I'm going to get it, and I'll take my half point. I'm going to go home. Okay. A, Warrior, B, Cazdor, or C, Spanish Fly? Definitely B. <laughs> Yeah, B, it, and it does mean Huntress in Spanish. Yeah. But I, I was waiting to like see Tractor. I was like, well, it's definitely B after them names. Listen, I'm also with, uh, with punctuation. It's actually C-A-Z-A-D-O-R-A. Cazadora. So Cazadora, and it does mean Huntress in Spanish. <clears throat> I, when you said that, I was like, there's no way this guy, Greg's going to get this. Wow, so. Yeah, my Nintendo fandom and knowledge goes deep. It's sad. It's I, I, You know, I looked at myself and I said, you're fucked up. You just got to go get help. So uh, it's five and a half for me, three and a half for Sam. Before we get to our awards, Mike's been doing a lot of talking so far. Let's get to know him a little bit more. Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. All right. So listen, um, personally about myself, right? So born in 81, I'm 40, right? 15 years married, 10-year-old kid living in suburbs. Live in suburbs of Boston, right? So technically, I'm a, a millennial, right? You know, I love the video games. Born in '81, first system in '88. Uh, me personally, right? So I uh, graduated uh, with a law degree, a minor in physics. Uh, I work in finance, right? So I actually work in quantum computing. I actually um, create algorithms for uh, one of our top private equity administrators in the U.S. So anytime anyone talks about uh, space time or time travel, I get a little heated because I actually know that <laughs> stuff. So listen, I, I'm a, I'm basically a 40 year old geek, right? So I, I love, um, you know, video games. I love the movies. I love all the stuff I grew up, like I said, in the eighties, uh, I'm an ultra runner. So I do make time to run crazy long distances and do ultra sports on the weekends. But, um, I don't know what else. I don't know. What, I mean, what was the longest you ever ran? 
So right now I'm training for the Vermont 100. Um, oh, Jesus. But, but I do – my wheelhouse is 50. I love the 50-milers. That's, that's, at any given year, time of the year, I think I could do a 50-miler or like a half Ironman. So that's like my outlet. So when I get pissed off from like an 80-hour work week, you know. I can't even drive 50 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's honestly, it, it's been. I I started when I was in college, right, and you know, did all that marathon crap, and you know, and then I just wanted to get away from people, and I just love trail running. So a lot of that stuff happens in the mountains, and where I am, outside of Boston, you know, I I live right near a, um, you know, a reserve that has 180 miles of trails. So, nice. Um, I was telling. Yeah, so I think yeah, I you, was, you you know yeah I think you know I think I was telling you before yeah. that I've yeah, been yeah. to a pizza place like a mile away from your yeah. house. One of my groomsmen yeah, yeah. lives in Plymouth yep. now. So not so far from yeah. you. Yeah. So listen, yeah. I mean, that's me, like I said, but, um, I just, uh, so far, as far as this, I think I, I Sam and I connected like in, I think like 2017 or 18, like I joined Instagram, like, you know, I, all right, technically I'm a millennial, but I hate social media except for Instagram. And I only like Instagram because of tattoo artists and comic book community. The comic book community is unbelievable. And yeah. I, I met Sam like in 17, I think I bought a book off of him. And then, Sure as shit. Like someone mentioned, like you guys had a podcast or something, and then ever since then, I've just been listening. Realistically, like you know, um, I think it was like episode I don't know fifty, forty eight, forty nine, whatever the hell it was. And Jesus. yeah, and then like honestly, just just seeing like you know Sam's collection. And Greg, I know we started connecting more with DMs, but um, I forgot I bought a few Sam. I, actually, I sold my time our entire comic collection last March, so um, I still got some original art and all that other stuff, but uh. Yeah, so finding you guys was through that, and then, um, you know, realistically, like podcast wise, you, you guys are, you know, I have other ones, but you know, you were definitely one of the. I don't know what it is with the Philly guys too, because all three of my podcasts they're all Philly guys nice. or, or Pennsylvania. Yeah, so oh, wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you know, like, and then you know, like Sean, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll mention Sean, but I, like, I, it just cool community, right? You know, and I just lead it to. It's like an oxymoron, right? I hate social media, but I love Instagram. Did you did you see Sean extra Lego build the uh, Tumblr? Yeah, I, I figured it was yours. I, I, I was gonna DM and be like, "Isn't that Sam's?" I'm like, but I just don't understand the concept of buying. Like honestly, Sam, I I got the the eighty nine Batmobile. It was a pain yeah. in the ass, but I figured it was yours. But um, yeah, listen, I I uh, as far as that's me, you know, and you know. Giving you guys uh, praise, you know, because I know you, you take time out of your days to put this together. I, I don't know, you know, what it takes. You know, obviously, I don't have a podcast, but I just want to let you know, I, you know, appreciate it. And what you guys talk about, it's just relatable. I know you guys are a little bit younger than me, but still the same mindset, right? We're all, you know, 80s kids. And, um, yeah, true. Well, you know, yeah. What's your favorite video game console of all time? Honestly, it's probably N64 because I just remember... You know, I don't remember too much of my childhood, and I actually like envy the people that are like, "Oh, I remember in fifth grade when I, I, I remember in fifth grade getting Batman vs. Predator and drawing and drawing the pages with a kid named John. I remember getting an N sixty four freshman year in high school after track practice and talking about how many stars we got. And I think I only had like one hundred and ten. Um, and I remember getting my first Nintendo in nineteen eighty eight when I was like seven and getting Kung Fu with it. So honestly, Greg, at sixty four, like I just. I was actually just looking to see if I can get a a, a boxed sealed uh, Shadows of the Empire, but I'm not the amount of money they want for like. Yeah, a, uh, dude, I was gonna say sealed, yeah. sealed video games right now is yeah the market's ridiculous, and so um yeah N64 my, it's my favorite just from the joy the games I remember getting it freshman year that Christmas uh, freshman year high school that Christmas 
opening it up and being in my room the entire Christmas day while my family was in my entire family, aunts and uncles downstairs. I had shadows of the empire going with the surround sound. Like, I'm sorry, nothing beats a good video game, man. It's just it's uh, awesome. The good old days. Yeah. Right. No job, no kids, no <laughs> wife, um, no responsibility. <laughs> no responsibility. So yeah, N64. Like I, I don't know. I mean, obviously the PlayStation's with the, you know, the graphics are unbelievable. But just from pure nostalgia and like joy, like man, you couldn't beat an N64. Yeah, that's that's now, probably mine too. If I had to really think about it, that's it's, yeah, that or or PS One. I mean, they're the classics to me. But real quick, you said that you sold your collection a little bit ago. What's yeah. the one book that you regret that you wish you had back? Fantastic Four number f- number four. Yeah. And I and I bought that Sam a one point eight for eight hundred bucks, and it's just obscene Jesus. how much that's going for right now. Like, and and one of my I could throw up. Yeah, one of my main aggravation is you know it's gonna boom. Like you know like I, you know it's it's all speculation, and I don't understand why people are buying books just based on a movie. Like you had it right when you talk about DC and like CGC books should be bought because there's only fifty that are graded. Like it drives mm-hmm. me crazy. Hulk one eighty one. There's ten thousand copies. And people are still spending five to six thousand dollars for like a four point oh. Like yeah, that's not that's not worth anything. Like that's yeah. you know, so you you do it right. I saw your Batman eleven that I wanna come down there with and look at in person. <laughs> but um but, but, but I mean but you're right though, it's like what you want a book that like you know, yeah, even like DC, Daredevil Iron Man, yeah, there's thousands yeah. of thousands. It's yeah. but they're, they're like I can just go on eBay, type it in, and there it is. Yep. Some of the books yep. like that I try to go for that if you type in, you may see one, you may see none. No, you know what I mean. I'll send you. A, I'll send you a video of my my collection from last year versus now. I meant to send that to you, but I, uh, I you know I got a good price. I sold it in bulk to a a dealer up here in Mass. Um, but uh, you know, Fantastic Four number four, just because Doctor Doom is yeah, probably one of the best favorite. villains. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. and you know, so but um, I still got a good collection, a lot of original art, and you know everything else. But um, yeah, I mean it, that that's me. So I know that was long winded. So sorry. Oh no, I love it. I'm sitting here just yeah. like geeking out because you yeah, know we, not, we geek out, y'all. Yeah. I'm a yeah, comic book guy, but I am an N64 guy. I'm staring at mine right now. So I. Oh, uh, when's the mini coming out? When's never. the? I just never. You ain't getting never getting one. That's my. And then I was like thinking about getting an emulator. I'm like, I would kill for Griffey. I would kill for mm. Shadows of the Empire. Um, oh my god, I can't even Star Fox. Like I just um. Well, actually, I got an N64. I'm staring at it right now, but um, you know, I would like the. Uh, the all-in-one emulator, yeah. right? Did you or, did you did you order the new uh, N64 controller for the Switch? No, I, I didn't because the Switch is kind of with my daughter. The kid kind of has taken over that, and so I bought a, a green neon 64 with like a WCW and um, oh revenge nice. and revenge and, nice. and, and WrestleMania, yeah. right? And I, I haven't I never played No Mercy. No Mercy is the used, is the goat though. I'm sorry. See, I yeah I graduated high school in you just uh, missed it. Yeah, I, well, I graduated in 99, right? So, And that was when revenge was at its peak. So we would literally play basketball, uh, throw a party, drink all night, and then play like revenge, right? And, and, then, and then we'd go to football practice the next day. Yeah. So I, revenge and, and WrestleMania were big. No Mercy, I heard, is unbelievable. It is. I just never got into it, and it was like better than, <clears throat> than 2000. I, I revenge kidding. was the first one. That's what got me on to the yep, N64 yep. wrestling game. I played it over my cousin Dan's, and then – when WrestleMania 2000 came out, I mean, they're so indistinguishable because they look so similar, but the roster for No Mercy, the game modes, and that intro song just hooks you. And that's why I think No Mercy, and it's got just the most nostalgia to me. So that's why I put that over the top. I have that cart in my garage right now. That's never going anywhere. That is a pristine cart. So 
Uh, hey, listen, it was so much fun to get to know you. Let's get into our awards yep. ceremony for the night. I'm going to go to Sam first. We are going to start with our movies of the year. Sam, give us your top three movies of the year. I'm starting this year, Greg, I'm going to make a note because it's tough to kind of go back and, and figure out what, like, I, I found myself writing down mo- movie titles, then then seeing other ones, like crossing them out. My notebook's a mess right now. But my number three, I had to go with Roni Kench in the beginning. This was the fifth and final starment of the live action Roni Kench film series. This was on Netflix. Um, I, I said it before, I sung the praises of all these movies. This is by far the best anime live action to date it's, it's not even a question yeah cowboy bebop just came out they changed too much of the story it just it just didn't work but the cast was great they didn't get it right but roni kenshin the, the crew they have who's um takuru soda whoever he plays kenshin i don't think you can emulate a character any more than he did like he became kenshin and their their battle scenes were amazing um this is the like this was a prequel this is when he was still Batosai the Manslayer, so you don't necessarily have to see the first four to see this, but if you can jump in on any of the live-action Roni Kenshin movies, I promise you, they will deliver. The biggest thing I took from that entire thing was you admitted that you have to start a note section now. I already have a note section that's already got things in each category for the year, by the way, except for games, except for games. There's been no game yet that's come out in 2022 that I've played, but... You gotta do. It takes five seconds. No, no, you know you're right. I gotta stop being you, lazy because it, it was tough for five I, I, years. It's about fucking time you're organized, my friend. Wait, so when you guys when you guys watch movies or something throughout the year, do you guys take notes like after? Because I, I like I, I agree with Sam. It's tough, but like, and when I was compiling the list. Do you guys watch something and then write a note to yourself or send something to yourself like you have on the back burner, or do you just do just it? the title? You know. Nah, just what I watch. Because if I have to do notes and go back and read it, then it's not worth it to me. Like if it doesn't stick with me in December, yeah. then it does. It's not going to make my list. Like it, it, it was tough. Like my number two, you're gonna, it's gonna make sense. But like I kind of forgot it. it was so long ago. But like just something I was watching earlier. Like I would, I text. I know Greg saw the first two episodes of Peacemaker, so I hit him with like two funny lines in the first one that had me cracking up. Just you know something like that. But I never write anything. No, and I think what it does is it helps eliminate recency bias because when you do an end of year list, you tend to, if you don't make the notes, to just go with what you've seen recently and you kind of forget about yeah. the January and the February. Yeah. And like my number one TV is January. My number three movie is like March. So uh, I just, that's how I like to do it. I just like to put a quick note in my phone of what I saw. I organize it by platform, TV, movie, album. And then at the end of the year, kind of as I go out through the year, I reorganize and shuffle the order. And then I'll do a big final one at the end of the year. Sam, hit us with your number two. Oh, you want me to go down the line? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. And after thinking, uh, you know, my number two, I kind of forgot. And after thinking about it in the moment, the build up, I got to go with Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, good. Just from just from everything that the first one was just after seeing this, realizing how much the first one was really dissected and how much that that Zack's movie just literally got ripped apart. They took out the heart of the movie. Uh, you know, yeah, it took 70 million more dollars to, to get this finished, but I, I think it was worth it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll still say it was a little long, but I did enjoy what, what we got. I think I seen the movie damn near five times. Um, it, it gave to actually, you gave a shit about Stephen Wolf. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't even know his motive for the first cut. This one, there was actually depth to him. 
we actually got to see Dark Side, who was freaking awesome. Let's let's be real. And I, I definitely wanted. I wish we got that one more that you know originally set up his story, but we're never going to get that. But I think at least he got to go out on the way he wanted, and the fans, you know, review wise, seem to definitely love this one more than the original cut. I had that pegged as your number one. I sure did. Huh? I now, now I know. I think I think I know what your number one's going to be, but. Boy, did I have that pegged as your number one. Sometimes I got to surprise you a little well, bit. Well, Sam, what was your movie of the year in 2021? Movie of the year. I I had to go with Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. I, I think it had a lot to go with going into the movies, being in the theater, having the raw reactions of everyone. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't want to spoil to anything, but when certain characters show up, the, we, the theater went nuts. And when you're in that moment where you're live, it just hit all. It hit all the notes. If you watch Spider-Man, cartoon, anime, live action, all the Easter eggs were there. The it's one of the best Spider-Man movies they ever made. I think it's now fourth or fifth all time, but one point five billion at the box office. You know they they hit it out of the ballpark, and I I think we're gonna see more. You know, even though Tom Holland likes to talk and say he's he don't like to do the role forever, but I think we're at least going to get three more films. With him as My big question to you before I kick it over to Mike, if he has any comments on your top three at all, is do you think, because you had said in there that this was your number one, not because of, but part of it was because of the theatrical experience. Zack Snyder's Justice League did not do that. That was only on HBO Max. If that movie came to theaters and it was a packed house for four hours and everybody got to do those reactions, do you think that could have possibly swayed you to maybe put that your number one? Possibly, because you know some of like the the best movie moments. Like I have, like I still remember seeing Batman Begins in theaters, and when he flips that Joker card, that I remember that we all went nuts. Like they're the moments I always think about. I, I just and th- and this and this one just Spider Man just it, it tugged at our heartstrings. They they picked the best moments. They knew what to do, and you know, like Christ, I think I think I teared up three or four times during this. Movie. I just Wait, go are ahead. we going to spoil? Are we going spoilers? Can, can we say spoilers? so? We had our spoiler cast for No Way Home last week. They're out there in the open. Go for it. Let me ask. Let me ask. Let me ask you both. Like, I, I, listen, Homecoming or uh, whatever the hell. No way home. No way home. No way home was awesome, right? It was unbelievable. But this day and age with spoilers, right? So, so I don't have any Marvel, right? I, I'm a comic book nerd and more DC than Marvel. But I, the Marvel movies were awesome, right? Marvel had nine properties. They were awesome this year. There was two yeah. shitty ones, but even with even the what we knew, like. What, what were you, I, I wasn't surprised about anything. Like we knew there was three Spider-Men. We knew DD was showing up. Um, yeah. You know, other I, I that's the one thing that's starting to aggravate me more and more is like I almost want to go in there blind, like to any of these comic book movies because the whole point of reading a comic book is it's a continuing line. Like every comic book's yeah. an Easter egg, and and I just feel like. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I, what was I? What there was a, a craven in the sky or a scorpion, yeah. right? It, yeah. I just feel like we knew, and, and believe me, I stay off of everything, right? I, I don't have Twitter. IG is pretty easy, but like even watching a trailer, like I don't. It's, it's kind of my frustration, right? Sitting on my soapbox, like it's like I just I want to be blind to these comic book movies more and more because to Sam's point, that pop when the Joker card showed. We, that you never knew that, right? So like, yeah, you had no idea. Yeah, so it's just I, I just finding it more and more aggravating, and I, I kind of hope it stops, well, but I don't think it's going. We're in the like, age of you know? YouTube where everybody does trailer breakdowns, and when everybody yeah. does trailer breakdowns, 
any old person can watch that and then become this know-it-all and like pretend it's and then that's how that stuff spreads then they put it as their facebook status or they go into work and they talk about it or whatever yeah and if if youtube and things like that you know even twitter weren't a thing like they were in the 90s uh, when movie trailers didn't give you the whole plot and there wasn't all this speculation and breakdown and people didn't have a way to instantly connect across the world which is great but because those things exist it's not going anywhere you just got to be you know the muted word option on twitter is the greatest single thing because i can type in spider-man no way home spider hash man or you know like whatever and like none of it shows up so i didn't get spoiled outside of one photo of the three of them hugging when i the main one i still no context i could put it yeah. together i mean i knew it was the yeah. end battle the writing was a little but yeah. you know i and i know you know i have my nitpicks about the movie and, and things like that mike is there anything that you wanted to comment on sam's list outside of that because i'm going to kick it over to you next for you to go through your yeah. list no no number two uh justice league you know it, i when i talk about my list uh, that will be mentioned but um i agree justice league you know, okay, it's four hours. Who cares? If you watch it literally chapter by chapter, there's no difference than you watching a stupid Cobra Kai episode for 45 minutes, right? It, every chapter was perfectly placed. To you, I literally watched it and paused it. So the the only reason I left it off is because I kind of knew we 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 knew there was going to be additions, but we knew the story. So I try to keep my list to surprises that I didn't know about. But I yeah. awesome list. I I, I agree with everything. Well, let's hear it, man. What are your top three movies right. of the year? Coming in hot. So number three is probably going to be decisive. You know, I I love horror movies, right? Born in 81. I remember going to the video store and literally picking out movies based on box art, right? You know, and I talking about B-rated horror movies, the the goofiest, silliest ones, you know, and, and I just, I love it. My wife and I love horror movies. So when I saw Malignant by James Wan, it was... Mm. Boom. Like, and it's going to be a, you either love it or you hate it. And my gripe is people don't understand why it was created. James Wan was a horror director. He has a horror background producer. He created it to be a love letter to those B rated 80 horror movies. And that's what it exactly was. It was cheesy over the top special effects in the twist that happened. It just blows you out the water. Like, and it just, if you love horror movies, I don't know why it wouldn't be one of your favorites because it's it, like, especially if you love B-rated. So that's my number three, man. I I, uh, I didn't expect it when I was listening to other guys talk about it that I know of that love horror movies. Like, you're either going to love it or you hate it. And 10 minutes into it, I'm like, my wife and I looked at each other like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, this is you're, you're right, <laughs> you though. Know? It is divisive. And I think you have to be a fan of those camp movies yep. to oh, be yeah. a fan. Because so my wife is a horror nut as well. Me, not so much, but I'll watch them all with her just because she's my wife. I love her. And so, you know, when we got to that point, I was like, yeah. And there's nobody who loves bad movies. Like, I love bad <laughs> movies. The Room is one of my favorite movies of all time and Birdemic and all these bad movies. But I couldn't connect with it. I couldn't get there. Uh, all right. Um, yep. She couldn't either. I think it's one of those things where because I'm not a horror guy, it has to be yep. something like freaky. My favorite horror movie the last five years is freaky. I think it's fan fucking tastic. Um, I think it's just yep. a good movie overall, too. So like Malignant didn't do it for me, but you're absolutely right. I've also heard things. My brother-in-law, for example, did appreciate it because he his whole basement is campy horror movies. I got him a campy horror movie villain jigsaw puzzle for Christmas this year because he's so into it. So, you know, that's, I'm, I feel you, I feel you on that. I'm excited to hear the rest of your list because malignant was not going to be something I had pegged you for. So that's cool. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's number three. Number two is definitely you know I I had to throw a comic book movie in there, right? Because that's that's my background, right? But you know I I'm DC for life. I will always be. DC has the rich history. You know, Marvel's doing it right, right? Because they got the top executives. But comic book story wise, even some of the movies, TV shows, you can't beat DC's history. They just need a better job to bring more characters in. With that said, it was either going to be JLA, you know, Snyder Cut. Or the Suicide Squad, right? So I was weighing it back and forth. And like I said, Justice League, we I, we knew what we had, right? We had, what, 80% of the movie, they added an hour or so forth. So, like, it ultimately, number two is the, the Suicide Squad, right? We knew some of it. I wish I didn't know Starro was going to be into it based on the stupid trailers, but all well and good. But the stuff I didn't know, I, I just thought it was unbelievable, right? And folks don't even know what the hell the Suicide Squad is originally, right? You know, and how bad the comic was. And, you know, I, I wanted that bad comic to translate on the movie, Cheesy, and, and it did. Like, yeah. everything from Peacemaker, um, you know, just the, 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 the jokes and, you know, the, the first 10 minutes and, you know, you know, Gunn, you know, he knows what he's doing, right? So yeah. it, I, 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 it was back and forth between Justice League and the Suicide Squad. I was like, you know what? I, I just I remember stopping the Suicide Squad. I'm like, this is fucking unbelievable, right? You know, I and then yeah, I know Peacemaker's happening right now. I can't believe you already watched two episodes. Oh, we both watched all three. We're good. Oh, we're good. little we jealous. Were, we were we weren't fucking we're around. Good. Little jealous, but um, listen, Suicide Squad was it, it. It was so refreshing, right? Especially after Woman Wonder Woman '84, which was yeah. Uh, we all can agree they missed <laughs> that. The could mark. have been the worst so, list, yeah. Yeah, so number two, it's Suicide Squad. Right? I just thought it was a fun movie. You know, yeah, it's not perfect. Like, listen, I'm not a movie producer. I'm not a critic. I don't even know how to write a script. Like, I would never knock a movie, right, based on, you know, on that as a technical aspect. I only knock it because of, of my nerdism. So I had nothing to say, right? Listen, they, they turned Starro, right, which yeah. was, you know. They made great. us care about Polka Dot Man. Exactly. It's my favorite exactly. character in the film, Polka Dot Man. Exactly. Yep. Like King Shark. Okay, yeah. it was stupid Rocky Balboa doing the voice, right? But it hey, was hey, unbelievable. Hey, easy. <laughs> Yo. But, uh, you know, listen, I, I just thought, you know, like I said, I had to put one of those there. Like I said, Marvel was unbelievable, right? It's seven out of nine this year. But, again, you know, the movies, you kind of knew it was going to happen based on everyone's spoiling. TV shows, different story. But um, Suicide Squad, number two. I'm, hold on. I'm um, interested to know. I, I don't want to. I don't want you to answer it because you keep saying seven out of nine. I'm interested to know the two that didn't land for you. Maybe they might show up on your worst list. But if they don't, I want to come back to it when we're done this. Remind yeah, me right. to know to yep. figure out what those two were because I'm interested to know the two Marvel properties that missed. For you. Also. Mike, you're going to love Peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Honestly, I can't. I, I said to my wife, I was like, we got Saturday Eternals. Uh, my daughter's got a hockey game this, uh, tournament this weekend. So I don't know where the hell we're going to be somewhere for three days. But I said, I'm bringing the iPad. We got Eternals and we got Peacemaker. So I'm pumped. Nice. And I didn't realize it's the first three episodes. So yeah. I'm pumped. Uh, all right. Number one. Yeah, let's hear it. Number one. Listen, story wise, history wise. Uh, listen, I'm a sci fi nerd, right? I read all six books. After seeing the freaking movie with my 10 year old daughter, Who's you know she's smart right she's my daughter but she know she knows genius. Ah, Dune yep. Dune 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 mm. Dune Dune Listen, I have a, a, what seventy percent of my body's tattooed right you know I got full sleeves on both arms my my left leg from the top of my thigh to the bottom if you saw my Instagram is completely Star Wars right you know and I'm not talking you know two hundred dollar pops I, it's a shame how much I spend on tattoos in my lifetime will. You know, we can we could talk about that afterwards, but that's another podcast. You know, it's inspired from Dune, right? Listen, yeah. I I love Star Wars. I love the expanded universe. You know, I Sean knows it. You know, like not yeah. just the stupid movies, right? You know, yeah. it, it's everything else, but it all comes from Dune, right? If you read the six books, 
you know, it's just unbelievable. And what he did, it just, yes, I know it's not completed. It, it's not going to be completed, right? If you follow the news, the same trailer yep. breakdowns, you know it was only a third of the story or half or whatever the hell it is. But what they did, story-wise, actors, um, the translation, it, it just, I, I'm amazed from like a film perspective and like writing how much you can condense like in that time and still have it like a convoluted story. And uh, like I said, my wife, my daughter, we watched it. You know, I got the 65-inch OLED TV with the Dolby Amos, you know, surround sound. And it was oh, yeah. just, I just... It, it was a, you know, I don't want to say film because I'm not an artsy fartsy guy. It, it was just, it was just good. It was it's, just good. Story. It's funny on my, my number three list, I had no time to die and Dune. So I was, <laughs> I was in the process of just like, what am I going to put? I, I, I agree. I, I thought the film was great. I, I thank God I got greenlit for a sequel and I, yeah. I can't wait. Listen, and like I said, it's my love for Star Wars partially because, you know, you got Spice, right? There's no Emperor without Dune. I mean, freaking, there's a, on Tatooine, it's, it's called the Dune Sea. It's directly Lucas, you know, and I love the... the they pay the, tribute. Yeah, I love the, how they pay tributes and they share each other. But, you know, I would say to anyone, read the books. You know, if you like that expanded universe and a bigger story... It's awesome. You know, what you saw is only a slice, but um, it was a damn good slice, man. So Dune's number one for me. I'm currently planning out my sleeve as well. I'm, I only have nine tattoos, but I am currently planning out my sleeve for my right arm. So I'm there nice. with you. I, I want to get both legs in my right arm. That would be ideal for me. Um, but I'll give you my list now. And this is the first time tonight <clears throat> where Sam's going to fucking hate me. And that's okay. Because I'm the host and he can fuck off. Um, so because we're going so wacky and so crazy and we've made concession after concession and, uh, you know, Sam doesn't have a top three games of the year and we're doing podcasts instead of albums. And we just got a lot of craziness going this year that I thought, you know what? I'm breaking tribute. I am giving you my top 16 movies of 2021. Oh, but, Jesus. but. I'm not going to expand on any of them but the top three. So the the list will go quickly, but I'm fucking breaking code this year because it was a very good year. I watched a lot of shit, and I had time, and I just want to talk about them. So my number 16 is, in fact, Dune. So we are on the same page. My number 15 is Shang-Chi. My number 14 is Suicide Squad. My number 13 is Free Guy. Didn't expect that to be on my list this year. Number 12, Godzilla versus Kong. Rewatched it and dropped it down a few slots. Didn't love it upon a rewatch as much, but still strong effort because I love both characters. Number 11, <clears throat> controversial. Many Saints of Newark. I actually didn't hate it. I thought it was just a decent movie, and I love The Sopranos. Number 10, Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> I can't. I'll take it. I'll take I can't it. believe. I can't believe I liked this movie as much as I did. <laughs> Number nine, a small film. I think it came out on Apple TV Plus, and it stars Justin Timberlake, and I loved it. It's called Palmer. I don't want to give up any spoilers. You gotta watch it. I think it was my my pick of the week back in January when I first watched it, but that was very good. Eight, Mortal Kombat. Number seven, Judas and the Black Messiah. You got to watch it. I think it's back on HBO Max. It's fantastic. Number five, uh, number six, Spider-Man No Way Home. Number five, I Care A Lot, which is a movie I talked about in the beginning of the year. It's on Netflix. Number four, also on Netflix, controversial, 
but I loved it. Don't look up is really, mm. really good. So that's the top. Well, 12 of the top or 13 or however fucking many I just did. But my top three movies of the year. Number three, starring none other than Saul Goodman, Bob Odenkirk, Nobody. Nobody. I, Great movie. I loved Nobody. And it stands up. It's not just a John Wick ripoff. It is completely its own thing. Obviously inspired by movies of that ilk. But Bob Odenkirk kills it. Christopher Lloyd has been is better than he's been in years. It's funny. It's action-packed. It's pretty violent. The bus scene, just like Shang-Chi, apparently the best fight scenes of the year. It is it, hands down one of the best fights. Happen on buses, and I couldn't ha- get enough of it. I thought it was great on my iPad upon, upon first watch, and then I had to watch it again <clears throat> on a bigger screen with that audio experience to really get that fight choreography. But I loved every second of Nobody. So that is my number three. My number two... This is a little bit of recency bias, but if anybody knows me or have known me, uh, I have seen Rent on Broadway, in Philly, anywhere you want to go on the East Coast. I've seen that play over 10 times. I have seen the movie probably three or four dozen times. I know all the every single thing about it. You can call me a rent head. And Tick, Tick, Boom was just phenomenal. And I just watched it last night so you want to is that the one is that the one with garfield yes and you want to talk about recency bias uh i loved it though i mean i have no choice it came out i think in like december but andrew garfield is in it vanessa hudgens robin de jesus so alexandria ship it's basically the story of jonathan larson who created rent but it has nothing to do with rent which is so refreshing it's his uh, journey upon writing his first big music. Well, his, I shouldn't call it big. It didn't get picked up, but his first musical superbia and how that failed and ultimately pushed him to write tick, tick, boom, and then rent, which obviously is one of the most influential m- musicals of all time. It's got a great story. I love the songs. Andrew Garfield sings in it uh, on his own. He's phenomenal. He earned every bit. I think he won a golden globe for it. He earned every bit of it. So maybe not your guys' taste, or at least Sam, maybe not your taste, Mike. I don't know if you're into musicals at all, but I am. And Tick, Tick, Boom, absolutely crushed as my number two. From an acting standpoint, I mean, I think Garfield's on a hot streak. You know, and, and, and he's not a shitty actor to begin with. Right. I don't know where he got that. So I'm interested. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. I, I didn't see Nobody. I'm going to put Tick, Tick, Boom on the list. I, I think Nobody comes to HBO Max next month, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Garfield has – and he was the best part of No Way Home, too. So – you know, I think he got saddled. He was really good in like the social network, like six or seven or eight years ago, however, 10 years ago, however long that fucking movie was. Um, but I just, I, uh, I think he's phenomenal against a bad rap. And now he's finally starting to turn that around. He had a, a killer 2021. And I'll tell you my movie of the year. It's not even close. Like the second I saw this, it was my number one. And I never looked back. It never even came in question that a movie could touch it. I think this is my favorite movie since I saw Trial of the Chicago 7 uh, when it dropped, I think like October of 2020. So it's like a year and a half of movies that haven't touched this one. I absolutely loved it. I haven't seen it at the top of many people's lists. It's usually at the number 10, 9 slot or in the honorable mentions. King Richard. Uh, I, I can't name a better Will Smith performance. King Richard is the story of Serena and Venus Williams' father and uh, basically the influence he had on his two young girls. I mean, they're a family of five or six daughters, but really they hone in on these two and their journey to become the tennis superstars that they are. But it was his influence and how he 
kind of kept the family together while also kind of tearing them apart. And the things, the trials and tribulations they grew up with as an African-American family and in a predominantly white society and how they had to become to be accepted. And Will Smith just crushes it as Richard Williams. I think the best movie of the year, hands down, not even close, was King Richard. Yeah, John Berthold was in that. Yeah, he was the one of the tennis <clears throat> pros or you know coaches, or he coaches. owned a tennis club who uh, where the girls went. He he was fantastic, by the way. Uh, he does not. He kind of sounds like himself, but he doesn't really look like himself. He was just great. It was just it was funny. It was really really dramatic. I loved every second of it, man. Just a great great movie. So those are our picks for movie of the year. I'm going to go to TV show of the year. This is the one I've been looking forward to most um, all year. I cannot wait. I had to, there's so much good TV that I had to do a random episode in the middle of the year by myself just to talk about some TV shows that you all should watch. So if you listen to that 10 TV shows and 10 games you have to consume, you might be familiar with some of the things on my list for the year, but I'm going to start with Mike this time. Mike, give us your top three TV shows of the year. Yeah, no, listen, I definitely agree with you. I, I just think t- this day and age, TV is just, it's, it's better than movies. Better than yeah, movies. I, I don't want to go outside. Like, fuck COVID. Like, I, I you know, I don't even want to see anyone. The, the TV is just, I mean, the comedies, like, I, I, I think you should leave, in, uh, I think you should leave season two on Netflix. Like, I, I didn't put a comedy because it's tough, but like, I just, more giggles, more suspension, more good stories. Like, TV is just unbelievable. I wish I can get into that world, but. Um, I, I got a good list, you know, uh, you know, Marvel knocked it out of the park with TV this year. And I think it's, you know, also dealing with the hype that came after I, I, the one thing I, I hate social media, but I did love the hype after an episode of the Marvel shows. It was, it was awesome. Three shows in particular, but my number three is definitely tied to my horror love. My wife and I, she kept asking, are we going to watch it? My Netflix list, my list is just, I, I hate it keep growing. I always try to keep it condensed. I had this on there. I wanted to watch it during Halloween. We didn't. We just finished it. Midnight yes. Mass. Midnight Mass was fucking unbelievable. Listen, I grew up a Catholic boy, you know, all that other stuff. I'm a physics major, right? So obviously I'm not, I'm not religious, but I do love religious history. I love the stories. I love the background. I love church i love the art i just I'm, I'm not religious right but midnight mass took all of that it took the brainwashing it took horror and it rolled it into one phenomenal story with unbelievable acting that the guy that played father paul hill hamish oh i'm gonna butcher this hamish link link later this guy was fucking unbelievable like the preacher aspect and then it's just like so relatable and how you can get so embedded, and and I and I kind of envy it, like how people get so embedded based on faith. When you know me from my side, I, I'm more formulaic, right? You know, I build algorithms. You know, A plus B equals C. You know, it's more tangible, and maybe that's why I love that stuff. But Midnight Mass took that to a different level, and I'm pissed we didn't watch it during Halloween. But my wife and I fucking loved it, and it was awesome. Yeah, like it was. We got to watch it at Halloween and it was my pick of the week one week. And, uh, I, you're going to hear about it in a few minutes for me. I absolutely adored it. I thought it was one of the few horror properties that stuck with me where I did actually want to go on YouTube and watch the ending explains and watch the theories and watch people craft their things. I don't know if there were many 
better antagonists in television this year than Bev Keen. She Oh was, my god, we hated her. We, we hated hate her. her. We loved to hate her. I don't want to spoil it because like you should go in as blind as possible. Um yep. but the twists, the fant like you could kind of see it coming, but not the overall ending. And I just thought like if you're gonna make a show about 120 people on an island. I'd rather this than Survivor. This was great. So I cannot agree more with this. This is a fucking phenomenal pick. You're off to a hot start. I would love to be on that island, man. That island it would be a dream place to live, man. I First thing I said to my wife, oh, my God, I would kill to be on an island. So that's number three. Number two, I think it's close to you guys, right? I don't got the accent, but it's Mar of Easttown, right? Mayor, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. Mar of Easttown. Mayor, right? Yeah, her you name's know, Mary, so it it's Mayor. Yeah, the the motor oil, like I love the SNL skit, you know, but front to back story wise, like HBO, I, I think there was another show a while ago with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant, like same the, similar. The like, Undoing same, or something? Yes, yes, yes. Six part episode. Listen, yeah. HBO Max is by far the best service, pound for pound, movie, Thank you. series, Fucking finally. you know, series. They got DC and, and, and Mayor of Easttown is the prime example of this. Like Kate Winslet, like. You know, I thought she was fucking hot in that show, even though she looked like, you know, and and even like, I was like, this is the girl from Titanic. <laughs> like, she's a phenomenal actress. Like, it was just so good. Like, especially since, you know, I, I where my parents grew up outside Connecticut, it's blue collar, similar to that. So it reminded me of, of where I grew up outside of New Haven, Connecticut, you know, blue collar town, you know, and same kind of concept. So, you know, you know, the local cops, everyone knows this one, everyone knows that one, but the twist the story-wise, front to back, I-, I thought it was the best non-action hero super show uh, show this year, right? You know, not counting superhero shows. Um, good storytelling, you know. But honestly, Greg and and, and Sam, like going over TV shows, I'm sure I missed something because the TV shows have been unbelievable. But that, but that number two is the one that sticks out. And um, who who yeah, doesn't love on. a good murder mystery? I loved it, right? And you get you get that. The thing to me was the twist in seven, the last episode. It was actually painful for me to watch that and i hated hated the last episode so that's the only reason it didn't end up further on my list but i can definitely still recommend it because to me it's about the journey not so much the conclusion and the journey and the twists and the turns my wife and i caught on halfway through so we binged the first half and then waited for the last couple week over week and like the conversations we would have over dinner about where's it going to go this that and the other we're doing that currently over another show that that i'll talk about a little bit later but Man, I Thanks. couldn't agree more, man. You're on a you are on a hot streak. I love this. This is fantastic. All right. So number one, you know, I, I didn't have any Marvel movies, but Marvel shows minus, you know, what was there? Five Marvel shows, two of them, you know. So going back to the seven out of nine, uh, Greg, the two the, the two misses, Cal, uh, Captain uh Captain um Captain America and the Winter and the Winter Soldier was okay, right? I think it was a miss in What If, right? Those are the two misses I'm out of Marvel properties in my mind. But the three TV shows, right? And it, one of them is my number one. So I went back and forth, right? Started off the year with WandaVision, right? I love the premise. It was something different. The 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 speculation week to week. Oh, is that red vase Mephisto? Is that blue thing Galactus? You know, like it was just. I love the hype that was taking place, and the story was good. Like you know, it was it was something different. Listen, it wasn't a uh, an event crossing. You know, something that was going to take place, right? You know, I think it has more implications that we're going to find out. Um, you know, Agatha did it all along. Blah blah blah. Then Loki comes out, right? And then Loki just the same thing, right? And then you know, Loki's ending. I thought. 
me from a physics perspective, right, and, and a guy that, you know, deals with a lot of, like, quantum stuff, I, the ending of, of Loki was just awesome, right? I know it wasn't Kang. It was one of the other Kang per impersonators, right? He has many forms. But when he drops that pen and he's like, shit. Like, it just – if you really think about it, like, everything that's happened in Marvel Universe is, is nothing. It, it means nothing. Even even Infinity War, right? Because it was already predestined, right? So – but when that pen drops, he's like, shit, I don't know what's going on afterwards. I was like, ah. Loki comes out, and then the third one, Hawkeye, which was fucking out of nowhere. Like, I, I honestly said to my wife, I think it's going to be good because it's something different. It, it's like Daredevil-ish. It's street level. You know, I think Jeremy Renner is great. Like, okay, everyone goofs on Hawkeye and all that other shit, but the Matt Fraction story was unbelievable. As soon as you saw it was going to take that place, it, it was just – and then it, it was just great. Uh, you know, Haley Steinfeld for Kate Bishop was awesome. The, uh, the mother was probably the, the, the worst thing on that TV show. But other than that, Hawkeye. So I'm like, shit. So I'm going back and forth, going back and forth, guys, when we were going to talk about this. And I, I think they're all phenomenal. It's like 1A, 1B, 1C. But just for me, my personal taste, based on the ending and, and my love for time travel, you know, multi-universes, it, it's Loki. It, it, it's Loki. I loved, uh, you know, there was a couple, one or two slow episodes, but – Loki, every episode, the way it ends, I fucking love multiverses. I love, you know, I'm a big string theory guy. You know, I, I have a I have a paper on string theory that I wrote. Like, I, I just love, love multiverse. And, and Loki was, was it, man. Like, you could make the case for WandaVision, but when Kang, and I'm going to call him Kang because he's going to eventually be Kang, when he dropped that pen, shit, I don't know what's going to happen next, and it cracks, it, it just... Pantan City, dude. Like, I, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I, I, Loki, number one for me. Loki, what, what a bullet. I, I agree when you said Hawkeye came out of nowhere and it became like my favorite Marvel show because I wasn't really a fan of WandaVision. Loki was definitely number two out of the three for me, but Hawkeye came out of nowhere and I absolutely love that show. Yeah, like I said, you, I, I, you ask me tomorrow, I could tell you, I could say WandaVision because I think WandaVision, all, all three had the best week to week speculation. And Sam, you probably saw it like on IG, like half the comic guys are like, you know, and half the people don't even know Mephisto showed up in a Silver Surfer comic, right? He, 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 and, he, his, I, his, and I, that might have been one of the things that maybe why I didn't like WandaVision okay, so okay, much. I can just yep. every one episode, it was just Mephisto yep. this, this, and, and Agatha. I was, I was over it. Like, I was like, I'm over it. I'm bored. I'm ready for the next show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can definitely see it both ways. I, I you know, I, I, I tend to be objective on both sides, but like I said, all three of those, you know, I just Loki, I just, uh, I, just the ending, man. I just, and, and then, and it, and it almost like it gave it. Like I know the biggest thing was like, are they going to show Kang? And yeah, it, you know, people say it wasn't Kang. It was I forgot his other name, right? Um, but you know, um, it's eventually it's a form of Kang, right? Kang, Kang has many forms. He has about four forms. Um, but at the end of the day, you kind of got what you got to get. And just the fact that I think there's going to be bigger ramifications from that. And like, and you're seeing it, right? Dr. Strange in a multiverse, you know, supposedly the ending of Loki ties up directly to when Wanda was battling Agatha in the sky, right? Timeline wise. So, um, listen, that it, it's just my personal, what, what I thought, yeah. I, I love it. And Loki, man, I can't wait. I, I, I'm, I, I was a little bit hesitant about this phase for Marvel because of what they're doing, but. When Don't worry, Moon Knight will bring back the faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to fun in Moon Knight. But anyone mentioning multiverse, right? Because that's how you're going to get to the X Men and Fantastic Four eventually, right? Yep. There's no way you can't get it through without a multiverse. So Loki, number one, with a bullet. 
Loki was the first MCU show to get renewed for season two, so it's nice to know. Like, WandaVision's a one thing. It's going to get you to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and, like, that's where that's going to continue. And then, Loki, we're going to get a new season next year. So I can see how the appeal is for that. Loki was the one live action. Uh, well, no. Captain, or I'm sorry, Falcon didn't really either. But Loki, probably my least favorite. And that's not like saying I didn't like it. It's just that one just didn't connect for me because I'm the opposite of you. I cannot stand time travel and multiverse if it's done really at all. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like it. <laughs> but I, I understand. Um why you would love it, obviously, with your background and stuff. Sam, I'm very excited to hear your list. I've been trying to peg you on yours. I think I got two of them. I'm excited. Let's hear your TV shows of the year. I'm pretty, I know you have two locked down, but I think one's going to surprise you. Well, my number three, speaking of recent, I had to go with Dexter New Blood. Wow. That good? Uh- I okay. I see some from coming from season eight where we were where were you left? He was a, a goddamn lumberjack in what Oregon? It, it, to me, that was the worst ending of any show I've ever watched. I mean, coming from a show where the first four seasons are beloved, some of the best writing in television. I, I truly believe that. Then five, I thought was okay, and then it just kind of went downhill with six, seven, and eight. Just was was no good. Seven wasn't and, the worst. Thing ever, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the worst, worst but, but it wasn't when, good. When it went, did, it, what, what season is the uh, Trinity that's Killer? Full, that's, the, that's, the that's, what that's what I season. Yeah, that's what I, I said to my wife. That's Dexter should have ended. I stopped watching yeah. it after that. Like I, I enjoyed five. I thought six okay, seven was okay, and eight. It, eight it just sucked, started yeah. to just go down. It just, especially the last three episodes of eight were the worst three episodes of Dexter. Period. But to get ten episodes for what ten years later, I. I I, I don't know if it's just, you know, coming from a show that it, 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 you love watching the show and then this show comes back 10 years and like I, I, I remember Kelly looked at me like I just had a stupid smile on my face. I was just watching the show with a smile, just knowing that we're finally getting the show that the fans, we hated it for years. Um, Clyde Phillips, the original uh, creator of the show, he came back on it um, to, have, to cast Clancy Brown. Best part of the show, the by cast. the way. Best part of the show. He was he, he was so good. Like, he plays one of the best bad guys, and uh, and obviously one of the episodes, the twist where you, you find with him, it's 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 phenomenal. I, I I couldn't I couldn't ask for anything better with him. Michael C. Hall, he for ten years not being in the role, he he fell right back in like he never left. Which um, is true. I Jack agree with that. Jack Alcott as as Harrison, I not my favorite. He. He he wasn't my the strongest point of the show, but I thought he did good. He did well with his I, material. I thought Harrison wasn't yeah. my favorite. I thought Harrison was not a great character, especially the way the show ends. And, you know, and um, I, I know I know we always talked about you know cameos here and there. I thought the cameos for this just this Dexter I thought was just enough, except in that finale. What a waste! Finale, you that you was know, a waste. There's, there's, it was a waste. I, I mean. See, Wait, I, I don't look at it like that. Did the happen? Did the Dexter finale? Yeah, yeah. it did. Was it, was I, it, was I, it I, good? I, I, one out of ten. What was it? Three. I would. I would give it a solid eight. I'm a three. I hated it. You gave a three. three? But but <laughs> that's a big distinction. But 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 the original was a negative ten. So, okay. So it's like that much. <laughs> it is so much better than what we got. And if it was like the original ending, I'd have been fine with it. My biggest gripe with New Blood is I really, and this isn't selfish, 
trying to say selfishly, I really think it would have benefited from two more episodes from the original 12 like the yeah. other show got. Well, I, I think it was each season used to get what, 12 or 13? 12, so I really, this one kind of rushed towards the end, and I really think yeah. it could have benefited from fleshing out a couple more storylines. I, I, I agree. I, I hear people griping of this. I mean, if you know the creator, he always wanted to end the show one way. Um, they teased the that. Way, how, how, they teased it. How it got there. You know, yeah, there could have been different pathways, but for from what we got, I love this 10 out of 10, way better than season eight. I, I thought it was a huge improvement. I, I think people are, you know, you see too much hate. And if first you, you hate this ending, now you hate for this. Like, I, you Sometimes you just can't make people happy. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Scott Reynolds, was Scott Reynolds? Yeah. He's one of the writers that wrote uh, at least episode nine, which is probably my favorite episode of the entire season. Ep- episode nine was phenomenal. Yes, and I think maybe that episode alone, maybe made it to my list just because i loved it that much yeah. they could have actually stopped it there and i've been like you know what this is good no i thought the ending was it, just a little did it leave on yeah uh, sorry to apologize uh to, to interrupt did it did it leave like is there going to be another season or don't or it, don't we, it, we can't done. answer that just watch it oh okay. yeah, <laughs> you can formulate, i'm I, gonna tell you this you can still formulate an opinion on that question even with the ending we got i'll just say that oh, okay i'll leave it okay, super like open-ended okay. Um, okay. the, if we did continue, I, I wouldn't love it. I'm, I'm good with leaving it where it's at with the ending we got, not my favorite ending, but at the same time, like Dexter is who he is. There's only kind of two or three ways you could have taken it. And they took one of them. So like, I applaud them for that. It is so much better than the fake out. And he's a lumberjack thing. There is at least an ending. And I do appreciate the show for that. And it's going to, you're going to hear me talk about it. It's not like I didn't love it. I loved it. The ending was just a little underwhelming because it was super predictable for me and it was like really rushed. That's my two biggest gripes. I just feel like if it was fleshed out for two more episodes, even if they gave us the same ending, I would have been able to care and have consequences consequences and stakes flesh out a little bit more. I'm not going to like nitpick it and fuck around with it. We got it. We should be happy that we got it because really we never thought we would. So this is it's a it's a plus just to have it. Yeah, I agree. My number two, I kind of forgot about this going through. Again, you forget about things when you watch it, but I remember watching the first episode, and I never read this comic. And the end credit scene of episode one, I was just mouth agape. Oh, my God, Invincible. Yes. Invincible is my number two. Good one, good one. That's on Amazon Prime. If you, if you have Amazon, this one literally came out of nowhere for me. I know... People love the comic. I never read Invincible for Image, Robert Kirkman, you know, Walking Dead fame and all that. But this one, animation, he basically casted everyone from The Walking Dead. So if you ever watch that show, the entire cast is is in the show. J.K. Simmons is one of the best as Omni-Man. He's one of the best there. Um, Mark, uh, Mark Grayson, voiced by Steven Yoon. Basically, he's a normal teenager who gets powers from his father. He's the most powerful superhero on the planet. And after his 17th birthday, he develops powers. And just how he you know, goes to school and, and, and how he uses them powers. And all I'm going to say is just watch the first episode. It already got signed for seasons two and three. Hopefully we get season two by the end of the year. I hope. But it's just the ending, dude. I, I'm, I'm, there's the only other thing I can think of that gave me an ending like that was like Justice League. Um, was it Dark Apocalypse War? It yep. hit you with like an ending like that and... I, I just I just didn't see it coming. If I please go in blind, if maybe if you read the comics, it would be better. But if you go in blind, I think you'll get like such a shock at the end because I'm I was still blown away. 
and I definitely need to rewatch as it. Someone who, it's been as someone long. who didn't love the show, I can attest that that episode one end credit scene is some of the best TV I saw all year, for sure. That was unbelievable. Yeah, to, to do it, you know, as bloody as that was, that was freaking amazing. And, and that that ending actually doesn't happen to, like, the second volume of the trade, too, Sam. So, like, that, there's so much story in the comic that I, I recommend reading the comic, too. It, it, it's, it's all done. In, I was uh, going to say, the comic's done, right? They're not writing yeah, any new. Yeah, there's, okay. it's just a ton of, like, volume-wise, I think it's, like, ten volumes and, like, three companions. You know, it's huge. But, like, that episode one is, like, literally, like, 26 inches, issues into it. But um, I did. Uh, Great pick, but uh, it, it, even a, if you love the show, the comic won't disappoint. Let's just say that. That's good to know. My number one, a, sh- uh, a show that I originally didn't even want to watch. Oh, oh my god! Please give it to me, Sam. Just, just because of the name. Oh, okay. Not what I was thinking. Not what you were thinking. <laughs> I, I had to go with Squid Game. Yeah. Show I, again. I had you for that one. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were gonna twist me there and tease me, and I was gonna get no, real excited. It, it, Invincible was my that was yeah. my one that I, I had new blood in Squid Game for you yes yes yeah so but Squid Game man I again I didn't want to watch it just because the name I thought the name was stupid then it just that's all I saw on Twitter IG and I was you know okay I'm gonna watch I I I watch it I didn't even know what it, I had no idea what it was about so to come here and you know I don't mind subtitles I know a lot of people don't like that I get it that's not your thing whatever but I don't mind it I I watched anime so I've just been grown used to reading subtitles growing up but from this show i was not expecting to be as fucked up as it was i mean just basically you take 456 players who are down and out broke and you hey you're gonna play some games winner you get a boatload of money uh, but there's a catch and people just get blown apart i was just it, it just took me by such shock that i was not expecting and to actually tell this this little story going on and the cop, his brother, and the island, and again, I, I was surprised. It, it hooked. Number one, my boy. I'm so happy he won an award. Yeah, uh, yes. the actor's name. First I don't know. An actor to win a what was it? A Golden Globe or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm trying to get his name. Uh, oh, Young Soo. He was number one. He was my favorite part. I, he had me cracking up at so many different times in that sh- in this show. I, I'm actually excited for season two. Again, you know, the last episode, I feel like he could have touched up, you know, a year. He could have done something else besides what he did. But I understand why he went back at the end. And I'm really looking forward to see what he can come up with for Squid Game Season 2. You're my gambu, Sam. My gambu. You're my gambu. Uh, I actually haven't I actually haven't watched it. I, to your point, Sam, like, I, I, it's been so hyped. And, uh, dude, go in. Just like, go in. I, 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 I go still in. don't have like a desire. Like I, I know of it. Like my wife watched it and I don't know. She watched it on an iPad while washing dishes and doing laundry. So I, I would say she didn't watch it, but, um, uh, I don't know when I asked her about it, she's like, yeah, it was okay. So it's not the know. type of show you just have on in the background though. Like, yeah, I was going to say that's 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 something that's that you can't be washing yeah. dishes. It's something you should, yeah, should you got to read this. You got to read well, it. You, you, know? yeah. you could, you yeah. could, I'm sure she watched it dubbed. I've watched it dubbed and subbed. I actually don't hate the dub outside of there's a part where American people go in it and that's just the most that's just the worst shit ever. Their dialogue is just poor. But I have to agree with Sam of if it's just it's so high quality that you just really? you have to right. watch it. Don't, don't let anybody else how about this? Even the good stuff that we're gonna say and, and Sam said, don't let that affect you. Don't let the bad stuff like sway you. Yeah. Make your own decision to do it. Go into it as blind as you can. 
and just enjoy it. I've really, I loved it. I, I binged it in one night. I took my daughter. I gave my night, my newborn. I said, Ashley, go take a nap, you know, go to sleep. Uh, I'll take her for the whole night. Give her a night off. I fucking kept the baby on the recliner sleeping with me. I finished it in one night and it was just, it was unbelievable. So all right. good stuff, Sam, good stuff for both of you. And we all know that if you've been listening to this pod enough, you know, I'm a huge gamer, but TV has been stealing me over the past two years, 2020 TV was phenomenal. The hardest thing I did all year last year was have to come up with a top three TV shows. And like I said, there was such good TV over the past years that it prompted me to do a literal uh, solo episode just to talk about some shows I needed to get off my chest. TV is the number one medium to me right now. So what did I do? And Sam, this is the second part. You're going to hate me, but it should be the last. So that's good. Um, I have decided to do my top 21 in 21. Jesus. <laughs> my top 21 in 21. I watched 34 new TV shows that landed in 2021. So I could go on and on, but I've decided to chop that almost in half. I'll do top 21. I'm going to go very quickly, uh, especially for the top end of the list, and I'll continue on with my top three as I did for movies. Number 21, Dave Season 2. I didn't love the middle. I loved the beginning and absolutely loved the ending. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, number 20, I'm combining Cobra Kai season three and four. I didn't love three. I liked four a lot. You combine them, you get number 20. Four was better than three. I, yeah, uh, by not even close. Three was rough. Uh, number, what was that, 19, Mayor of Easttown. Again, that finale was the reason I didn't have it higher on the list. Number 18, Sam, you'll be surprised to know how low down this is, considering how much I've talked about it over the year. WandaVision. Um, I, I fucking loved WandaVision. And I think 18 on my list should be a compliment, because it's the only one of two Marvel shows that even made my list. So, oh, uh, Hawkeye's better, so that's all. Well, Hawkeye, yeah, we'll find out about that in I a know, couple of slides. I know. Uh, 2019, 18, 17, Trying Season 2. A wonderful show on Apple TV Plus about two... Uh, a couple that's trying to adopt in England. I absolutely loved it. It's so funny. It's so heartwarming. Trying season two. Next, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. What a surprise. What a surprise. Amazingly funny show. I loved it. Fantastic. Emilio. My, daughter, my daughter loved yeah, it. My daughter loved I'm a it. hockey guy. I grew up playing hockey. I'm, I was a goalie up until I got super fucking fat. And uh, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I'm not super fucking fat. But until I just like my body can't handle it anymore. I'm a hockey nerd. I got a Flyers tattoo all down my leg. I love it. Game Changers, Mighty Ducks, one of the biggest nostalgia things for me. And Game Changers delivered. Next, Sex Education Season 3, the best season since 1. 2 was okay. 3 really brought it back. Was that 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14? Midnight Mass. Loved every second of it. Number 13, Big Shot. This is also on Disney+. Plus. Probably for like the kids and the teenage girls, but that's okay. I love me some John Stamos. He is a high school girls basketball coach who actually gets kicked out of college for throwing a chair and hitting a ref in the face. I love it. Now he goes to coach a shitty girls team and tries to get him up to nationals or D2 or whatever the fuck it is. It was really, really funny. I loved it. Uh, Next, Only Murders in the Building is phenomenal television. And if that's number, I think like 12 on my list and it's one of the best shows i saw all year you know how strong this list is and how much i 
loved the rest of what I'm talking about because only murders in the building in any other year could have been a prime candidate for number three. It is absolutely one of the best murder mysteries. So funny. Steve Martin, Martin Short, crush it. Selena Gomez is okay. She has her moments. Uh, what's that? 20, 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11. Hawkeye. Loved it. It's the best Marvel show of the year to me. Number 10, The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV+. Plus. Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd, absolutely phenomenal. That's all I want to say. I don't want to spoil it. It's great. Number nine, For All Mankind, season two. You want to talk about a show that season one just took me over. I loved it. I love alternate history. What if the Russians won the space race? And what if all these other things happened? How would our lives look now? For All Mankind, the best space TV show of the year. I loved it so much. The Greg, so not to interrupt, yeah. Greg, did you ever watch Man in the High Castle or whatever on Amazon? That's alternate. Yeah, when um, when the Germans would have won World War II. Yeah. I hated yeah, yeah. season three and four, but I love the first two. There's an okay. assassination attempt, and that when that happens, we kind of got out of it. So I love, especially the first season was phenomenal. Man in the High Castle is really good. Um, the Ooh. Japanese and the and the Germans working together, but kind of not. It's really really good. Um, but for all mankind, it's just it's phenomenal. Its finale was the single best episode of television of the year. It's that good. Uh, number was that eleven, ten, nine, eight. Ted Lasso season two was my number one last year. Fell all the way down. Episode nine was so rough that that took it down that many spots alone. I did not care for that. When you have that short of a show, every episode needs to hit. It's never going to be as good as one. It was still really good. Next on the list is Bear Town, number six. I talked about this earlier in the year. It is subbed only. It is a Swedish show about a hockey team in Sweden that is struggling to find its money to continue on the league. And then something catastrophic happens in this little Swedish town that changes everyone for the worse. It was absolutely phenomenal. The ending was a little rough, which is why it didn't make my top three. I I would have liked a little bit more of a payoff. Number five, Dexter new blood Um, loved every second, except for that rushed ending. I thought it was the, the return to form Dexter needed. Number four, or number five, I'm sorry, Squid Game. Uh, What what else can I say? We already talked about it. You have to go watch it. It was phenomenal. Number four, this will be number one when Sunday's finale happens. If Sunday's finale doesn't suck, Yellow Jackets. Uh, I hear a lot of good things about that. It's it's an okay show, but man, is it slow. This this payoff better slow? be crazy. It's not this, slow. This payoff better be crazy. Sam, you're not getting it's on big, Showtime, right? It's on Showtime. It's on Showtime. It was on right it's after one, Dexter. It's, yeah. It's it's the one freaking uh, cable network I don't have. is Showtime, and everyone talks about Yellow Jackets. It's so good. And Sam, you're slow, my friend. It isn't slow. I mean that that that's not nice, but it very it it really is. Like you you got to like the first episode. I even told Greg I was like, damn, Book of Boba Fett. I'm, I enjoyed better than episode one. Yo. Mike, make your own decision. I think it's not slow at all. I'm the person who every single turn, I'm looking for things in the background. I'm theory crafting. I'm loving every second of it. Ooh, it's one of those shows oh, dude, where you got like, oh, to. I'm already hooked. I, if it's one of those shows, I'm I made just, just take, Mike, just take your time. You're going to have so much time to think about when nothing happens. <laughs> I made a Reddit just to go join the subreddit for this show, just to go theory craft with a bunch of other people. 
when shit. I joined it two me. weeks ago, there were 8,000 people. Now, two weeks later, there's 24,000 people in that Reddit sub. It is blowing up this show, and so and it deserves it. It's so fucking good. Dude, it takes place in two timelines. There's some potential supernatural shit going on. There's some horror going on. There's some gruesome Ooh. shit going on. It's right up your alley, my friend. I would recommend yeah. you watch it uh, and formulate your own opinion. If the finale is, is a 2 out of 10, it's going to be my number one when all is said and done. But it can't be because it's technically not over yet. So I put it at the one spot where it should be. Number three, atypical on Netflix. It's so rare when the final season of a show hits. And boy, did atypical land. I watched it three times. So I absolutely can say it wasn't just my love for the show. It's about a young kid who's on the spectrum and his journey through uh, it's kind of through college. It's not really though. And uh, he's super into Antarctica and penguins and he wants to try and live that life. And, and he's also an artist and he also is trying to figure out love and family and friendship and his job and all of this great stuff. I'm such a huge nerd for teen dramas. I don't know why. Maybe it was because of my love of Degrassi growing up, but this hit Every single, it's so funny. It's so funny. It makes sense. They don't ever once jump the shark, and I absolutely loved it. Plus, uh, Michael, what is it, Rosenbaum? Thing? No, Michael. Ra- I was going to say that's Michael Rappaport. Rappaport. Show, right? Thank you. Yep. He yep, 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 crushes yep. this role. By the way, really? completely really? different dude on social media and his podcast. Oh, he, he when he's on Stern, he's, <laughs> uh, he's hysterical when he's on Stern. But uh, this, my wife watches Atypical. She says she loves it's it. A, so. He's a family dad in this show, like completely different oh. dude <laughs> than when he's on Stern and on his own pod. And so, yeah, if you, if you like it, it's only a half hour. It's a comedy. It's absolutely phenomenal. My number two, and I don't give a shit anymore about wrestling, but Heels was phenomenal. Hey, that's good to hear. What a great debut season. It's on stars. Not many people have stars, but enough that this was renewed for season two. You have Stephen Amell. You have, uh, uh, oh my God, Lars Anderson and a bunch of other folks running a small time wrestling federation in a small town of, I think it's Dallas. It's like right outside of Dallas, Texas. And uh, a Duffy, Duffy, Georgia, actually. I think it's Georgia, Duffy, Georgia and uh, the DWL. And it's their fight to keep this federation where no one cares anymore about wrestling and kayfabe to keep this alive in their dad's name who committed suicide. And also another ECW style promotion that's trying to wipe them off of the face of the earth. And it's this war of we have the better federation. You're poaching our wrestlers. Da 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 da. And by the way, the two main characters are brothers. So you know that there's going to be some drama there. We'll call it a heel turn. It is called heels after all. It's so good. I can't wait. My wife loved it. I loved it. We can't wait for season two next year, hopefully. Hopefully. This year, hopefully. And my number one should be a shock to no one that listened to the solo episode or that listened to me when I talked about it as my pick of the week. I watched this in January, and it is held up as my favorite show of the year. It's a Sin on HBO Max is absolutely the most gripping depressing, heart-wrenching, saddest. I cried three times during the finale alone. I think it's only five episodes. There are like 45 minutes each. Neil Patrick Harris is in it for a little bit. It's about a show where in 1990s England, the battle of the AIDS epidemic and how literally you can have a group of friends one day and they're all fucking gone the next. 
and it hit me at every single point. Now, with AIDS, you know a lot of the stereotype around AIDS is the homosexual lifestyle. And they do get into that, and there are some graphic stuff with that too. So it might not be for everybody, but if you're looking for a fantastic narrative with, seriously, the best characters, the most beloved cast for me of the year, and just a heart-wrenching ending that's going to make you think 10 times, not just twice, It's a Sin is for You. If you want my my expanded thoughts on that, go listen to my solo episode called 10 TV Shows You Need to Watch Right Now. It's a Sin is my single favorite show of the year. It still sticks with me, and I can't wait to rewatch it again. I watched it four times. It was that fucking good. So that's my list, top 21 of 21. I'm very excited about my picks. I feel confident in them. Uh, I realize that they're not for everybody, maybe not for you guys. Is there anything you both, either one of these, have to say about my list? I thought it was good. Well diverse. I, I love your, what was it, top 21? <laughs> top 21 of 21. <laughs> yeah, I, remember, I, I remember in January you saying that this one is probably going to be your fucking show of the year and it held up it's so good and i'm i it is not for everybody but i will say too a friend of the show chris he listens to the pod he i didn't think he'd be into it after that episode dropped he texted him he's like dude you are fucking right this show is awesome and so shout out to chris he told me this morning he was going to be tuning in um so shout out to him but like it's a show that it doesn't matter who you are what you believe in if you like a very good drama about a real, real thing that happened in our world, this is going to fuck you up to your core. I loved it. I loved it so much. But let's get into our games of the year. A little bit different here for Sam. Sam is going to be talking about his WADA, basically his best gets of the year. Uh, and that's where I'm going to start it with, Sam. So for game of the year for you, my friend, let's hear about your best pickups from WADA. The only game of the year is Ghost of Tsushima. The director's cut for PlayStation 5. It was worth it for Iki Island. That's the only thing I had for gaming. Greg will have to take over the rest for that. But my top three comic pickups of the year. My number three, I had to go with Detective Comics 168. You're talking the first appearance of the Red Hood's identity and the origin of the Joker. It's a, a classic book that I never in my life thought I'd own. That's why I got... um an artist to draw me like a, a repo of the cover put on my wall. Cause it was like, Oh, I'll never be able to afford this book. And lo and behold, a couple years later, I was lucky enough to get a copy. So that, that had to go on the list. My number two, shout out to dominator comics on IG more fun comics. 55. This is the first appearance of Dr. Fate, Ken Nelson, first appearance of wonton and is, and the fourth appearance of the specter. Again, a book that I never thought I would own in my wildest freaking dreams. I believe there's only 29 copies on the census. So this book is extremely rare. You never see a blue label pop up. I, Without Dom, clearly I would have never owned this book ever in my life. My number one, Mike should probably know because I was after this book, which seems like <laughs> three plus years. I was after it forever. Detective Comics 298. This is the origin and first appearance of the Silver Age Clayface, Matt Hagen. I mean, I I had an 8-0 cream off-white for so long. It was the only book I had that was cream. Um, I wind up selling to my buddy Neil. And then this one kind of came through. I think it was Comic Connect and um, Collectors underscore Comics on IG helped me out and work with me. And we somehow won this at auction. That's nine others. I, I think there's only six grade higher in the world. So 
if you know Clayface, you know you never see this book anything like eight zero and above. So to get this in a nine, this was the book that I wanted the most. So switching over, I guess we'll go right to my top three game, my wada pickups of the year. My number three, I guess, another shout out to Dom Dominator Comics. He found the guy who was selling the Adventures of Batman and Robin for the SNES. Uh, I wind up selling a comic, uh, The Punisher, and now that book's worth quadruple. So I, I <laughs> lost out on that one. But I bought it raw, got it set to Watt, it got it graded, it came back in 80A seal rating. Um, I finally did complete all of the games that came out for like Batman the Animated Series. I just need to find a sealed copy of the Game Boy. We'll see if I get that one day. My number two, my favorite baseball game of all time, Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. Got in a 90A++ seal. I forget who I got that on IG, but as soon as I saw it, I had to get it immediately because I think I only had a 6-5 at the time. And number one, a game I never thought I would have get sealed because, Mike, no, you know prices for sealed games are crazy, oh, yeah. especially a game like GoldenEye 007N64. 70A seal. Um, when that popped up, even Don was even in on the chat. He was, you better buy it now before someone else does. And I remember like, five other people claimed it right after I did. And thankfully, the guy didn't, you know, raise the price or nothing like that. But that was one, a really hard game I was able to get. Love playing as a kid. GoldenEye 007. So real quick, as I'm, I am listening to you, I just want to point something out to you, Sam, just as a little bit of a middle finger. Because I love you so much. <laughs> I'm on, I, I, As I'm listening to you do this, mm-hmm. the games I'm in on. But the comics, you know I'm not a comic guy. So I went on Twitter real quick. And what's the first mm-hmm. thing I see when I go on Twitter? I'm on HBO Max's Twitter. And they have their announcement that they're doing a Degrassi series in 2023, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. HBO Max averages about 80 to 220 likes per post. The Degrassi announcement right. has 22,000. I just, I'm not alone. That's all I'm trying to say. So I'm not alone. Uh, <laughs> my God help uh, All right. So I'm going to go second. I've been going last for the first round. I'm going to go second. I'm going to go my games. And I'm going to kick it to Mike for games. Then I'm going to take back over for albums. And then I'll kick it to Mike for pods. Because you did your collective, right? Because you don't have albums, right? You did comics for albums. Sam? I did... I did. I didn't. I I did top three docs. That's all I have left. I have top three docs, and I have the top three works. Okay, so doc, as in documentary. So yeah. then we'll, what the hell's a doc? Yeah. So we'll do those <laughs> when we do albums. So remind me when we get to there for you. Gotcha, for you. gotcha, gotcha. We'll do albums for you for docs. Um. So because you didn't have three games for the list for this year, I went last week and I tw- uh, teased out on this pod my fourteen through seven. Game of the year, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, all the way up to Bowser's Fury for my 14 through my 7. I left the top 6, 3 for me, 3 for you, so I'm just going to do 6, and it counts for both of us. I love it. Uh, my number 6, Game of the Year, Pokemon, uh, new Pokemon Snap. I loved it. Never thought we'd get it. We got it. Number 5, Habroxia 2, Colin Moriarty, Lily Mo Games, a shmup. I never thought a shmup would be one of my favorites. I beat it on Xbox. I beat it on Switch. I beat it on PS5. I beat all the DLC on all three. I platinumed it on PS5. I absolutely loved every second of Abraxia 2. My number four, what a great follow-up to Resident Evil 7. I'm talking about Resident Evil Village. 
It was so good. It was actually going to be my number three until my number three came out. My number three, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. What an incredible experience. 12 to 16 of the best hours. I can't remember my playtime of storytelling of I loved these characters with the exception of Gamora. I loved these characters as much or more than James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Drax is absolutely hilarious. Star-Lord, while not Chris Pratt levels of funny, he's good. He's not annoying. This is a very dialogue heavy game. They are constantly talking. There's fucking six of them. Like they always fucking talk. But it works. Rocket is great. Groot, as always, is, well, he's Groot. It tells a phenomenal story. The combat's great. It's new. It's energetic. You're playing as Peter Quill the whole time, but you can command the other Guardians and have them do things during battle so you're not just hitting and mashing buttons. You have to strategically think of how to take them out. You can use your environment. If there's something that needs to be cut down, Gamora can do it. If there's something needs to be thrown at enemies, Drax can do it. Groot can make a bridge. Rocket can blow shit up. They all have a purpose, and it molds together in one of my favorite games of the year. Number three, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it an action game, Greg, or is it like action RPG? I, I got it for 29 bucks from GameStop, which is a steal. I haven't played it yet, but is it is it third-person, like, over-the-shoulder yes. action, or is it like... Okay, yes, third-person, over-the-shoulder, no RPG elements, no, like, leveling up. I can't wait. It, dude, oh, my God, I can't It's wait. like, it starts in Chapter 1, it ends in Chapter 16, and you just have a great time. It's just nice. exactly what you want. It's single-player story at its finest. I just, I loved it. So the team... That was a game I was shitting on upon its uh, uh, announcement. Had I think everyone was. I don't think you. I, honestly, I think everyone was. Like, I, I'm shocked. Yeah, dude. It, it's like it's the, it's the opposite of Marvel Avengers, right? Last year, you know, when that came out, everyone's like, Avengers is going to be unbelievable, and then look at it. So it's the opposite of, of Avengers. It, it is. It's 100. percent What a pile of shit that game is, and it's it's on Game Pass, which is the only reason I played it. I didn't even tell people I played it because I'm embarrassed. That's how bad Avengers is. But Guardians came out of nowhere to steal my heart. I absolutely loved it. And I, too, bought it very cheap. I bought it for similar price on Black Friday, the PS5 version. I told Sam one day it's just going to be in his mailbox because he has to experience it. Um, so I loved it. Number two, Sleeper Hit came out of nowhere. When it was announced with the PS5, I was lukewarm on it at best. I actually browsed over it when we did our recap of the PS5 unveiling event in July of last year. And boy, was I wrong. Nine of the best hours I spent doing anything this year went to Cana Bridge of Spirits. What a phenomenal, beautiful experience from Ember Lab. It was their first game. And they won Best Indie Game at the Game Awards. They've won countless others. It's so good. And it's short. It's it's hard. It's very hard. But it's short. Basically, a town gets pillaged to shit. Everybody dies. You are Kana, who is a spirit guide, and you have to help guide like people to the afterlife. And normally, that's a game that Sam knows. That's a fucking walking anxiety attack for me. Um, but for some reason, I powered through, and this beautiful story of two kids trying to find their brother and a woman trying to find her lover and the third piece, which I won't say for spoilers. And just to be able to get through that world, platforming action again, no RPG elements. I love that. I hate, I hate crafting. I hate stealth. I hate RPG elements where they're not needed. Cyberpunk. I'm looking at you. And I thought this was just beautiful third person over the shoulder. Um, very like 
you have a staff and the staff is what you beat people up with. And then it turns into an arrow, a bow and arrow. And like, it's just so good. And by the way, the dual sense just, just makes that game chef's kiss. When you're using your arrow there's it's so good. Cana bridge of spirits. It's 40 bucks. If you try to get it on sale for 20 or 30, you can't pass it up. I bought it on launch day for 40. I'd have spent 60, even though it's only nine hours. It's that good. Mike, you just got your PS five. I highly recommend this game. Nice, nice. Uh, and my number one should be no shock to anyone. Metroid. Metroid Dread. It should be no shock to anyone. A top. You were singing from the high praise. If it wasn't <laughs> this game, I would have. Erroneous his list. Yeah, dude. To have a Pokemon game mainline be number 14. Probably number 15 because I kind of forgot about Monkey Ball Banana Mania. So I'd probably put that 14. And, and Pokemon back to 15 and to have my number one be Metroid dread, which was announced 19 years ago and teased 15 years ago. And then finally came out and for it to be everything, a 2d Metroid game should be. And more the best 2d Metroid, in my opinion, since zero mission, I mean, hell there's only been one in between. I'll take that L. Uh, I loved Metroid dread. I continue to think about it. I go back to it. I played it on hard mode. I haven't beaten it on hard mode yet because you know me. I get consumed by a lot of different things. Um, but I, I just loved it. And even though um, Zero Mission and probably probably Super Metroid are still... Hmm, I don't know. I go back and forth with Dread and Super Metroid as, as my favorite Metroid game besides Zero Mission. But regardless, it's pristine. You want to talk about controls. It controls flawlessly flawlessly the speed runs some of the most fun speed runs i've watched in years it's just perfect if you own a nintendo switch and you're looking for a 10 hour some people you know sometimes it's six anywhere up to 10 it kind of depends on how much exploring you like to do it took me 10 and a half because i like explore every inch of everywhere uh this is the perfect game for you metroid dread is just phenomenal so that's those are my games of the year mike i'm excited to hear yours my friend nice listen uh your your what did you do top 14 right and then the top six great list um listen there are no no shocks to my aggravation that i'm fucking 40 years old and i can't walk into a store and buy a ps5 for the past year and a half but i finally got one i got the invite from my third invite from sony you've been selected based on your psn account you know i'm, I'm holding a zoom meeting uh you know and then i'm on the side i, I got in the clock down began 10 minutes, uh, an hour, and I finally got it last Friday. So, you know, little caveat to this. I didn't have a PS5, but, and I think, Greg, I DM'd you, the best value by far is fucking Game Pass and an Xbox Series S. You cannot beat $360 for a six-month uh, subscription and then, a, and then a system that 1040p versus 2160 on a screen for the normal user, you're not going to notice a difference. It's four fucking K, right? So the Xbox Series S, it's awesome looking. The controller is just so uh, cute. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, it's just a cute controller, right? It, it's it's so fun to hold in your hand. I actually like it better than a PS5 controller. So well, then I, I do too from a form factor, of course. PS5, yes, I think, has better yeah. controller functionality. I haven't I haven't turned it on yet, so I don't I don't know like the actual feedback. And I, I probably agree with you. It's probably going to be better, but just holding it in your hand, like from a physical that standpoint, textured back is phenomenal. Oh, unbelievable! And they just they're coming out with like a Bubba Fett and a Mandalorian controller. I just saw today. So listen, 
Xbox Series S, $299. It's a steal. Get Game Pass. I, Greg, I think I DM'd you a while ago. Game Pass reminds me of going into Toys R Us and walking down the video game aisle and pulling those tabs off Love the wall. Love the papers. I, Love them. I, I want that game. I want that game. I want that game. When I turn on Game Pass, I'm like, I got this. And then, oh, by the way, you get all the fucking EA sports games. So... Most of mine, you know, my, there is one, and it's going to allude back to you, Greg, but it, it, it's Xbox Series S Game Pass. And uh, number three, NHL 2022. Listen, I fucking love hockey. It's the best sport to watch physically, whether you're five years old or 65 years old. My daughter is on a club league this year. It's really serious. You know, she's only 10. I think she's fucking phenomenal. She's first string, center. Um, she's got to work on her skills, but just watching her play and then watching her watch the, have her watch the Bruins. We tape every night. It, it is the best sport to watch on TV or live. It, it's fucking so much fun. There is nothing better than a one timer. There is nothing better than around the neck top corner. And when I got game pass and I saw NHL 2000, I, I think I could play 21 and then 22 came out and, and really no difference. Graphics unbelievable, but the controls, but just how much fucking fun it was. It reminded me of like NHL 94, right? Oh, you know, back in the, you well, know, there's so an NHL just, 94 mode in 21. I saw that. I saw that. On Game saw Pass, that. by the way. You can. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So it, listen, just getting, just, it's free, right? I, I paid $10 a month for So just downloading it, I started a brewing season. I love the controls. It, it's fluid, it's realistic. My daughter will come downstairs and watch me play. NHL 2022, number three, just from the pure fun. Is, right? it, you know, I, is it ironic that the Bruins are playing the Flyers as we speak? Is it <laughs> ironic that of all nights we chose to do this, it happens to be? It, it's taping. It's taping. But listen, it, my love for hockey just, just it just, it, 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 you know, it, what the hell's the difference between 21 and 22, 23, 24? It's all the goddamn same. But it's just so much fun. In 4K, you know, the fluidness, I whatever they do year to year on an NHL or Madden, who the hell knows? But it's just a fun game, right? So NHL 2022. Number two, Greg, it's Metroid Dread. Right? Listen, listen, yeah. listen, nice. listen, I, 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 my first, I can't remember when I got my NES, right? I was born in 81. I think it was in 88 or 89. I remember being seven or eight, but I remember I opened all my gifts. And then that last goddamn gift was an NES opening it up. You know, it came with Mario, came with Duck Hunt, but my parents bought me Kung Fu. That's where my side scrolling started, right? I fucking love Kung Fu. You know, it was my first game ever bought. I'm actually looking at a sealed copy right now on uh, Metropolis Comics, Greg. I'm trying to pick up. Um, it's my Good first luck. video game. My f- first video game I ever, ever want, ever played. So, you know, I, yeah, I do love the graphical games. I love third persons. I love the God of Wars. I love the Assassin's Creeds. But you know, a, a good side scroller is unbelievable, and Metroid Dread is fucking. I can't even you can't even explain it. Like it's just what they can do for a two D side scroller. It could you even call it two D? Like you know, playing it in handheld mode and like I, I might buy an OLED just for myself, just for that one goddamn game. That's the like, reason. It, it, so that's the first game it, I ever played on my OLED, and it just yeah. looks so good. I, I remember you said, and I listen. I'm playing on the normal one, the blue and red. You know, uh, you know, second version Switch and. It's just unbelievable. I, I words I can't even describe it. Like so, number two, and and honestly, it, it was tough between number one and two. But you know, like I said, I, I love the action games. I love the first person shooters, and and number one is Halo Infinite. Listen, I, I know it, it's definitely repetitive, right? There, it's 
it's not sandbox. It's limited sandbox. What they did is definitely cool. Once you get out of that first chapter and out of the hallway, you get into the open map. It, 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 you could, it, it reminds me of Ghost of Tsushima, right? Where I did so many goddamn side missions before the main mission that, uh, you know, it, and even Ghost of Tsushima was, was very repetitive, but I still fucking loved it. I, I don't know what it was. It was same thing with Halo. I, I love it. I, you do the same side mission, you know, it, yeah, there's some differences, but it's just so fluid. The grappling hook or whatever we're calling it, just picking up like a an energy bomb and throwing it, it just halos back. Yeah. Like, so... And listen, with Game Pass, the first thing I did, I've been a PS, a PlayStation guy for, you know, so long. Um, you know, I missed Gears of War. I missed all the original Halos. The, this past year, I went back and played Gears of War 1 through 5. I played Halo 1 through 4. And, and, and that's why I said Game Pass was fucking unbelievable. Like, I went back and played Gears. I fucking loved Gears. Thank and I was you. like, I, yeah, I can't believe, like, Gears 4, like, even... The shitty one, Judgment, Judgment. Day. Judgment kind of blows, yeah. but it's still a good yeah. year's game. It's still good. Yeah. And I went back, and I just said, "Game, you, I cannot believe the value for Game Pass. And then, you know, in, in Halo, like Halo Infinite, like so, I, I, I understand it's repetitive, but just graphically, listen, I got a 48-inch OLED monitor down here from LG. It's the, the one of the best gaming TVs ever, right? And it, I... Playing that in 440p, you know, on an Xbox Series S, there's going to be no difference between a 2160 on on Series X. So, um, Halo, Halo, you know, I I, I still got to beat. Uh, in fact, I haven't turned on PlayStation because I want to beat Halo first. So I got Miles Morales sitting down here, and I got Assassin's Creed Valhalla along with Guardians. That I I, I got to beat one game first. So, number one, Halo. A lot of people equated Halo Infinite to like a Ubisoft kind of open world style game. I see. I think it was more like Chief of Tsushima. I I got a lot more Ghost of Tsushima vibes off of Halo Infinite than I did. So when you said that, that's exactly kind of what, what I was thinking too. I agree 100%. It, it made my top 10. It was 10, I think, because it was really samey. I don't mind the corridor shooter that Halo was, but I understand you have to change the formula. I like the expansiveness of it and the freedom to go wherever. But because I literally put... 75 hours into ghost last year and then another 20 into the Iki island expansion this year i was kind of over that formula by the time Halo and to have out. no bow and arrow <laughs> but you got a grappling hook and that shit's grappling awesome. hook's unbelievable the grappling hook is listen the one thing i have to say about halo is i played all the halos i couldn't fucking tell you for the life of me the story of halo <laughs> it's rough like and it's I, rough and, yeah. and i pay attention i'm like am i fighting the flood what the hell's going on? And the fact that I don't understand the story and I that's still enjoy good. and I still enjoy the game makes me think the game is good, right? You know, that's how I know it's a good game. Like where I can kind of follow the story, not know what the hell's going on, but the game just gets you. I, I refuse just, to think the you know, flood and the banished even exist. For me, it's always the covenant. I'm just fighting the covenant and just give me all the covenant, guys. <laughs> like that's that's the only way I can make sense of whatever the fuck Halo's story is, because you're right, it's very, very convoluted. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go over to album slash podcast slash docs. I mean, this is a definite weird category. It was supposed to be music, but it's going to be documentaries. It's going to be podcasts. And it's going to be albums. You get every. You get every. This is the first uh, category that I'm actually just going to give three, which is really fun for me. It's back to normal. Uh, my number three for album is this wildlife ever blossom. Um, as much as you know, I always I hate it when people say. Well, back when I was in my emo phase, like, what did you grow out of emo and then listen to fucking country? Like, what is that more grown up or some shit? No, 
emo and pop punk, they weren't my phase. That's who I am still. That's what I enjoy. And when you take this wildlife and flip that scene on its head, it's dashboard confessional, but in 2021. And I know dashboard actually just, they're still, he's still making music, just dropped an incredible single uh, recently. Um, here's to moving on great vintage dashboard song, but this wildlife two dudes that are tatted to shit that were in a pretty hard pop punk band and now decided, fuck it. We're doing an acoustic duet. That's what we are from now. on. We are going to make acoustic music. Just the two of us. And they make some of this beautiful shit I've heard ever blossom is fucking phenomenal. I love this wildlife. One of the bands I haven't seen that I would love to. I don't, I've, I'm in no rush to get back to a concert venue anytime soon. But when I do, I would love to see this wildlife. That's my number three. Number two, and I want to shout out, I cannot remember who it was, but somebody slid into the old DMs on this one after I made it my pick of the week and shared it. They said, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for the reco. And I'm doing it again. Chunk. No, Captain Chunk. <laughs> Gone are the good days. What an amazing record from this band from France. I absolutely adore chunk no captain chunk a one of the greatest band names of all time if you love the goonies you'll love it even more i'm not a huge goonies guy but even i can recommend uh or or uh understand where that came from but i love it i love they're back first and foremost they haven't toured in seven years they haven't made an album in four this album sounds completely different than the rest of it i hate to say the word mature for a band that's been around for 15 years but this is the most mature sound they've ever had. And because they are completely and totally French, you can pick up when they say when they say things like the word together, they say it like a French Canadian guy, like together. And I love it. They're like, we're together again. I'm like, you are fucking French. That's awesome. Uh, my wife loves it and she hates my fucking music. And uh, that's how you know it's a really good album. Chunk, no Captain Chunk, gone to the good days. Shout out to the person who slid in our DMs and said, fuck yeah, you're right, this band rocks to shit. I told you, they are a day to remember, plus newfound glory, shove them together in a jar, and that's Chunk No Captain Chunk. My number one, my pick of the week for, I don't know, a couple months ago, uh, Sam, I had you listen to him for like two seconds over the pod. I didn't think you'd be into him, but you said I could get down with this. Uh, he is amazing. His name is Covey. Um, the Covey is the name of the band, but he kind of uses that as his kind of not alter ego, but like his stage presence, I guess his new record class of Cardinal sin is some of the best storytelling in an album I've heard in forever. All the music videos tell the same story. It's like a to be continued kind of season of television. Whenever he drops a new single, it's the same characters. I love that recurring characters in a band's music videos. That's phenomenal storytelling and a different way to tell a fucked up bloody fucking story. But through this absolutely unique album it's like folk meets acoustic meets uh, rock and roll meets like 60s brit pop all rolled into this one british man's beautiful mind and he tells some of those fucked up heartbreaking tragic stories i've ever heard in song Car class of cardinal sin from covey without a doubt my album of the year those are my top three sam let's kick it to you for documentaries all right, we're running a little long, so I, I, will, I will be fast. But my number three on Netflix, I had a, what was a four-part documentary. It was called Animal. Big big cats, dogs, marsupials, and octopuses. I, again, it's a different lifestyle when you see the wild. This was narrated by uh, Anthony Mackie, and it featured Brian Cranston, Rashida Jones, Pedro Pascal, 
and I'm a sucker for dogs, marsupials, all that kind of stuff, and just seeing like nature shit. I just we, me and Kelly for all these four episodes, and I think it was watched in one night. Number two, one of the craziest things I watched was called Fourteen Peaks. Nothing is impossible. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This was absolutely insane. This guy, Nirmal Pujra, I don't know if he's human or a machine. Basically, he's the fastest guy in the world to climb. There's 14 mountains that are above 8,000 feet. The previous record, it took the previous record was seven years. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do it in seven months." He did it in six months and six days. Almost died, I, I think, three times. So much was going on this that his mom fell, or I think actually I think she was shot by like a sniper because she was there. This story was insane. It almost never got made because he didn't have the money for it. It's on Netflix. Check it out. This guy is a machine. And my number one on Disney Plus, no surprise, the Beatles get back. One of the best documentaries I've ever seen. If you're not a Beatles fan, maybe you would find it boring, but I was completely engrossed. I I wish it was longer. And each, you know, it was total 468 minutes, and I saw uh, a side to the Beatles that I never got to see before. Just to watch Paul just hum the lyrics and just hum, just watching him make up the words and just figure out how to get to the beginning, middle, and end to that song, I thought was absolutely amazing. Seven of the best hours I spent this year, man. Get Back is just phenomenal. I cannot, that's the pick of the week. If We didn't have one, but. That is mine. Well, you had, you had the that, Beatles you had that as your pick of the week before. So I, it's, I'm picking it again. <laughs> it's that good. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, Mike, what do you got for your favorite podcasts of the year? Favorite podcast? I, I do have a cheat. I do have one album, and I thought about it, Greg, that came out. It's technically a remastered, but I don't give a shit because it is phenomenal. The first two tracks of this album, when it came out in 1991, fucking blew me out of the water. It's one of my top favorite bands, top three favorite bands for me, brand new, Linkin Park and Nirvana. So the Nirvana 30th album anniversary that came out in September of Nevermind, it was remastered. I got the super duper edition a couple days ago from Amazon with the LP, the remastered, the book and all the other stuff. So a little bit of a cheat, but listen, I mean, you can't even, uh, I grew up in the 80s with Motley Crue, Poison and Bon Jovi. Mm. In 91, when Nirvana came out, I was in fifth grade, sixth grade. Those two fucking songs that came out, uh, Smells Like Teen Sparrow In Bloom, back-to-back. My 10-year-old daughter loves In Bloom, and I have to tell her not to sing it in school because, you know, it's it, – <laughs> yes, it, yes. So, listen, 30th anniversary, remastered. It's unbelievable. It's a you know, little cheat. So, top three podcasts. Listen, like I said before, I don't know what it is with the Philly guys, the Pennsylvania guys, but – I was going through them. I'm not going to mention like Kevin Smith's podcast or, you know, he doesn't need it. All the ones that I listen to, um, you know, they're all Philly, Pennsylvania guys. I don't know what it is, but number three, Sean, um, extra techie, man of many faces, jack of all trades. You know, he's got so much stuff going on, but not another Star Wars podcast, I think is his newest name. I he We did talk about his newest name, but you can find him on Instagram, extra techie, ASW, um, Sean. You know, just a good dude. He, I know he was on this podcast, and then I, I don't know when he launched, launched his. I just we ended up talking, and like just a good dude that I could you could even shoot a DM to. He talks about Star Wars, not only the the normal stuff, but the expanded universe, and you know talks about books and comics. Just listen, it, it's a, not another Star Wars podcast, but he goes a little bit deeper. And you know, Philly guy, I know he's you know one of your boys. Um, 
Number oh, yeah. three. Sean, Sean and I went to high school together. Sam, Sam did too, but Sean and I were in the same grade. Sam won below yeah. us. And Sean was my assistant captain when I was the captain of the high school bowling team. <laughs> so if you ever want to add that to it, if you ever want to talk to Sean about that, he was the assistant captain when I was the captain. We bowled together every week for probably three years. And that's where we had some nice. of our best memories. He helped me beat Resident Evil 4 for the first time back in 05. And he uh, he and I went bowling together fucking constantly. So that's some great memories I have with Sean. Nice. Yeah, like I said, he's he's a jack of all trades, master of none. He's got a ton of stuff going on. But uh, I listen to ASW, his newest podcast. And, um, you know, great dude. Bef- you know, before even- you drop your next one and your final one, yeah. uh, do yeah. you have access to your DMs on IG right now? Yeah, I do. All right. I just sent you a DM. Because you said something a minute ago when you were talking about Nirvana that I have to show you. So whenever you get, if you can check it. Oh, I, I thought I, I could have swore you mentioned that cover, that tattoo. And I could have figured. I, nice, Craig. Yeah, dude. Deja and Tendu is one of the greatest records of all time. So oh, as I much as brand, as much as Jesse Lacey uh, uh, is a piece of shit. Brand new. Yeah, Greg. Greg just tells people it's an astronaut. I, I just tell him it's uh, the Martian fucking Matt Damon now. So, listen, uh, your favorite it's inter- weapon is Interstellar, and, and, and I just fucking failure. I can listen to Failure by Design on repeat fucking twenty times in a yeah, row. Yeah, your favorite weapon. Favorite your record. favorite weapon's also one of the greatest records ever. It's, it's yeah, listen, my, like I said, my, my favorite Beatles, brand new record. Beatles number one, right? I love Beatles, right? You, I, I don't even. When I say favorite bands, Beatles just you can't even say number one. But it's brand new, Linkin Park and Nirvana. I don't care. Those are those are my bands. So. Um, that's my 30 album. So number two podcast, uh, another podcast, Pennsylvania guys. I honestly, I don't know where the hell it is. Cause Pennsylvania is huge, but I know they're in down there. The rad years podcast. Uh, these two guys, RK and squeezer. Um, same, I think they're like my age, you know, a little bit older, you know, the 38, 39, 40, you know, same thing. Um, they just do everything. The, the rad years literally references eighties and nineties and even two thousands. And, you know, they do just great stuff. You know, they talk about, um, I don't know, like, uh, they do watch-alongs, they do uh, 1980s grocery store videos, like, stuff that I've grown up, like, they talk about Saturday morning cartoons, um, you know, the rad years, literally, like, every, every time, you know, I get older by one year, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm a fucking 40-year-old kid, like, I would kill to go back to the 80s and 90s, um, I listen to the rad years, bring me back, so the rad years, I... I think they're somewhere around you guys. I, I don't know, Morristown or something like that. But again, Philly, uh, Pennsylvania guys. And number one, Comic Geek Speak. Um, again, these guys have started a podcast, I think, around 2005. I just started listening to them maybe four or five years ago. But these guys range from the age of like 30 to 50. Um, but they have like, I think they have like 1,900 podcasts and they're like on a level like I'm pretty good comic wise, like obscure, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know my shit. But these guys just, you know, and them being older than me. So they've experienced like the 70s boom, like stuff that I would have killed for. Like I remember buying my first comic off the spinner rack. It was Punisher War Journal number 56. I still have it on my wall, nice. you know, right before soccer practice. But these guys, when they talk about their nostalgia, you know, and, and not only do they comics, they do, you know, they do the movies. They, you know, it's just, it, it's just from a comic lover perspective, these guys, you know, like I said, they got 1900 episodes. They're pretty big. Comic Geek wow. Speak. All Pennsylvania guys. There's there's five of them. Um, you know, one of the special guest hosts is actually the art, uh, the art collector for Alex Ross. 
So this guy called Uncle Sal, who literally sells the art for Alex Ross. So, Greg, you're not going to know who Alex Ross is, but this guy is the fucking creme of the creme. One, one of the best. I know who one Bob Ross artists. is. Does that count? Oh, no no relation. But Alex Ross, you know, this guy, what he can paint for comic, it's just ridiculous. So, um, listen, Comic Geek Speak, it's, I, I, just as much as I enjoy listening to you guys, uh, uh, these guys just... God damn! When they do, they did a they did a spotlight a two uh, maybe about two years ago a spotlight on Jack Kirby that was like two four hour episodes that oh, I, wow. I I couldn't fucking get enough of it like it and and one of the guys is a, is a history teacher so you know they do their it's just yeah. when they talk about the Marvel Age and you know it's just if you love it you get giddy so that's that's my number one that's uh, awesome. well they're all number ones but um you guys are really number one but you know oh, was, stop. <laughs> but listen those are those are three and like i said i was when i was writing it down i was like fuck these are all philly guys or pennsylvania guys like what the hell's going on what's that on the water down there pennsylvania so, podcast it must be the alliteration i must be the birch beer it must be the pennsylvania <laughs> oh, dude, birch God, beer. i love birch beer. i was gonna say it's it's, it's the edmonds i love yeah, yeah so, entenmann's so. birch beer and tasty cake that's what we're known for and her and hers <laughs> chips dude i Quick anecdote, my buddy from Boston, or I guess Plymouth, he had never had hers or Tasty Cake or shit like that. So we would used to, when I was in college or right after, we'd send each other care packages of food from our regions. So like that was why, because I never thought I'd go meet him because I met him on Xbox and then uh, uh, playing NHL, by the way, 06 and so, or 07, whatever. And so like then fast forward 10, you know, a couple of years, he's in my wedding, wedding. which is just wild. (laughs) Fast forward, what, 10 years, 11 years later, he's in my wedding. I met, I went to meet him in 2011. We went to Foxwoods, uh, played card table poker for the first time in years. It was great. So it was just really cool to have that. So some regional shit, like I didn't know you guys had fucking packies and fucking every single Dunkin' Donuts on every single, let's take Wawa. So (laughs) you have a Dunkin' Donuts like across the street from two more Dunkin' Donuts. So it's it's great. Listen, I, I remember getting up for for Wildwood, Wildwood Crest in Cape May. That was the summer vacation every single year. And fucking my dad saying we we got to stop at Wawa's five a.m. six hour drive from Connecticut. So I, I listen. That's I awesome. uh, I um I know. Greg, side note: check your DM that I sent to you just recently. Oh yeah, so. hell yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so listen. Whoa, holy yeah, shit! That's, that's that's my last one. That that was eighteen hours. Greg, Jesus so that was Christ! That's by the yeah. way, it's a it's Jaws for all the folks that. Oh my yeah. god! My wife has never seen Jaws. I need to convince her to do that. And she loves sharks. She loves the water. She loves all that. But she's never seen Jaws for some reason. Favorite favorite movie of all time. It's Listen, up there for I, me. I was gonna uh, I was gonna send you guys if you I, I was like top three, and I was gonna say your top three movie that you can see in the theater and not know anything of. And what I mean, like think about how much Jaws has changed the perception of sharks. Yeah. Like just like Star Wars, right? Like there is no other movie that I can think of. That changed people's perspectives. And literally, when people say they don't go in the water, what's the fucking first thing they say? Jaws. I don't go in the ocean. Jaws. And it's my number one movie of all time, but that was 18 hours, Greg, of of That's awesome. I think about that in, like, video games of, like, what's a game I wish I could wipe my memory and, like, experience it again for the first time? Oh, my God. Zelda. Breath of the Wild and Bioshock. That's the two that come to mind. Oh, I would say, say, um, not Majora's Mask. Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, hands down. Ocarina of Time, hands down. Love it. I absolutely love that. So, we, like Sam mentioned earlier, we are running long. I'm not going to complain. Sam and I have another second half of this pod to do. I thought it was going to be out by midnight. It won't. It's already past 10 o'clock. We're still going strong. So, we'll end it with this last category. I was actually going to surprise you yet again, Sam, and I built a list of 30 things that I'm looking forward to for 2022. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to let it sit. I'm not going to do it. 
So just for you, I'm going to let my 2022 hype shit just go away and never be heard. Just follow me on Twitter. It'll all come out there. Sam, give us your top three worst. Now, remember, everybody that's listening, this is a mix. We're not doing worst for everything. This is just our top three worst things we experienced this year. And I still have Stuber as a bad taste on my mouth. Just point that yeah. out. Yeah. I, I forget. It was some grizzly movie I watched. It sucked, but it's not on my list because it didn't come out this year. But I, I hate to even say, but number three was Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it, this, I, again, it's, it's, I guess I have to accept that it's the movie Venom. It's not the Venom that I read in comics that I know. You know, I know it's bad when a 97 minute movie is long. I, I just felt like the movie fell apart. It, it, they, they, they went for something that just not how I perceive Venom, but I, I just have to accept it, I guess. It's just a little corny. So many jokes fell flat, and it this, this one just missed for me. Sad to say. Number two. Oh, my God. Hard, I mean, Jesus Christ. Have you guys seen the trailer at all for Thunder Force on Netflix? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> it's, it's one of the worst movies ever made. I mean, so the the director is Ben Falcone, who I found out is married to Melissa McCarthy, which is out of his six out of seven films she's the star of. And I, it just seems like every movie I see, they do it. it, it the critic, it, it's it's like a, a nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's who's co-starring that with her again? I'm sorry for you. It's uh, Octavia Spencer. I mean, you got Jason Bateman in it, like it, Bobby Cannavale. Like it's a good cast, yeah. but God. Damn, does this movie Melissa suck. McCarthy's always a decent supporting. She's never good as a lead or even a co-lead, yeah. and that's she falls Dude. apart. And, and and Spencer does not help her at all. If anything, they just drug each other down, and this movie deserves to be burned. Wow, burned! I love that, and that's only your number two. Oh. <laughs> number one, I. It's okay. It's it's Space Jam: New Legacy. It's that's my number. LeBron if I James, had a number four, that would have been my number. Four. He's he's not it's, it, he's not a bad actor like LeBron James like he he actually is a good actor but they just missed the mark here I I I I don't know what swung they took it completely missed for me a bit between them of product placement and I I just think it was written terribly I I couldn't get into it they just threw so much at the wall and I didn't think anything stuck I, I wasn't was Don terrible. Cheadle's name like algorithm or some shit. Like that's how yeah. cringeworthy yeah. that was. Did you he, he like sure he's like my name's Algorithm. I'm like, yeah, I'm turning this off. I like it, I like how we think there's actually a writing room for that movie. <laughs> that movie that, that movie was just pieced together, but that's a good one, Sam. And, and you think screenplay was done by like seven different people, the story by five different people. It was just a, it, it was just a throw up. It, it, it's all it was. It was just please skip. Trust me, don't waste it two it hours. It was bad. Uh, Mike, hit us with your top three worst. All right, so I did top three. I diverse, I diversified it. I did one movie, one TV show, one game. So number three was my movie, and it's Space Jam Two. A new <laughs> legacy. Like I, I, I only watched it because I got a ten year old kid, right? And she, yeah. we watched the first one, and then I watched this one. I felt like I was tripping on acid. Like I don't know what the fuck was going on. You know, it's like just smushed together. Yeah. There's random WB characters, like. 
you know, and the fact that this guy, LeBron James, what I don't know what the hell he makes a year, has to get a salary from this movie. Like, like, dude, like, give it to a charity, do it to something else. Like, you don't need any more. Money. I, I think he just kind of followed Mike. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's exactly what he did his entire only, career. There's only one MJ ever. You know, yep. you know, God, God forbid. You know, it's just it's a piece of shit. I yep. can't believe it's out there. WB, you know, obviously disappoints another way. So number three yep. was a movie, Space Jam. Number two was this TV show on Netflix that the concept, I always say to my wife, if there are extraterrestrials watching down on us, if they ever saw us watching this fucking show, they will skip over our planet because I can't understand the concept. It was a show called Sexy Beast on Netflix that was a dating show. Oh, my God. Where people would dress up as animals and go on a fucking date. Like, I hate reality TV because reality TV doesn't even exist. And my wife loves it. Real Housewives of this, Real Housewives of oh. that, you know, this. And which oh. I, I'd even, I watched 20 minutes of this show and I walked by the TV. I, I said, we're fucking doomed. Like, yeah. I, I, dude, I refuse. I, I saw the trailer. I was like, there's no. Just, there's just, I, listen, I'm not, you know, I, I'm oh. an average Joe. Like, you know, I, it just. You know, like, watch something. I always say, watch something with substance. Watch yeah. a story, even if it's a shitty story. These goofballs dressing up as a unicorn. And yeah. and oh. I just, I was blown out. I, I couldn't believe anyone actually paid money. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if this show one. made money, it, it infuriates me even more. So number two was Sexy Beast. Number one, and I was so disappointed because, one, I didn't play this game. It was three games rolled into one. The company didn't need to do this. They just just fucking shit on us as consumers was GTA, the defined edition. Most importantly, the San Andreas one, because it was free on Game Pass. And I downloaded day one, the fucking bugs, this and that. They render rain rain underwater. What the fuck is going on? One one GTA I never played. I wanted to play it. I love 90s rap. 90s rap is like the... Tupac is the granddaddy. He's the best of all time. Like I, I grew up with 90s rap, East Coast versus West Coast. So I don't know why I never played San Andreas, but I was so psyched. I was like, fuck it. Like, shame on was it Rockstar that released it? Like, shame on them. Like, and they knew they released it. They, they hired shit, they but. hired a mobile game team to develop that. So a team that yeah. only does mobile shit put that out. So of course it was going to be a pile of shit. And they and they probably made hand over fist. I would love to know the numbers. You know, just the fact that it was free on Game Pass and PS Now. You know, I forgot what GTA other, Three was, GTA was on was yeah, on three. PS Now. But listen, just all three of them probably suck. But the San Andreas was was number one without me. It was just a big disappointment. Uh, I would have loved. You know, I think they did patch it, but I refuse. Honestly, it's just like Avengers or or Cyberpunk. I refuse to the, play. The patch, the patch that's, that's my favorite pick. Of the, week. the patch doesn't do shit, so you're all right. Like, continue to skip them. And the problem was that Rockstar, when this came out, they took off the PS2 versions that were sold natively on the store. PlayStation took them off of the store. Oh, right? it, was, so it was Rockstar that took them off, just so you could only buy the definitive edition. So imagine being someone who's never played those, didn't grow up with them, and this is your first chance. You'd say, what the fuck is this? So yeah, they yeah. put them they've since put the originals back up on the store so you can go play the real ones. But yeah, what a piece of shit. Take two and Rockstar said they'd patch it. They released one or two quality of life patches, but didn't do jack shit really. I, I'm a hard pass I was only interested in Vice City anyway, and some of three, some of SA, and that's because it's on Game Pass. But, man, what a great choice uh, for your number one. 
You did us proud, you Mike. Really you really did. did. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I also diversified. I have a TV show, an album, and a movie. Uh, my number three is the TV show. Never, and I mean this, never have I loved a season one so much, only to be utterly shat upon for its sequel season than The Morning Show. The Morning Show Season 2 is a fucking bastardization of the coronavirus. It is a bastardization of the of the first season. It is an insult to good TV writing. And The Morning Show Season 1 was one of my favorite sleeper hits for the Apple TV Plus service. Not only was it a great launch title, but it was one of the best TV series of 2019. You make me wait two years for the sequel season only to dick around, and I'm sorry for the spoiler, kill off fucking Steve Carell in a car accident when he's quarantined in Italy with COVID. You choose to do a car accident. What a horrible, horrible, horrible season. Go fuck yourself. If they come out with a season three, I, I, I was just about to say, I'm pretty sure they just got greenlit for season three. I will watch one episode to see if it can redeem itself, but I will by no means look forward to it. I am completely out. I am so disappointed. The Morning Show Season 2 fucking sucks as much as I loved Season 1. I do recommend going watch Season 1, though. It's still great, but Season 2 is a pile of dog shit. Number two, my most disappointed album of the year. I have been looking so forward to the follow-up from Hobo Johnson and the Lovemakers. I couldn't get enough of Hobo Johnson. I love hip-hop, but I also love spoken word hip-hop. It just does something to me. As somebody who used to have a poetry website and all of my copybooks in high school were songs that I've written and poetry and all that shit because I'm a sappy motherfucker, I love Hobo Johnson. And to have his newest attempt at music, The Revenge of Hobo Johnson, come out and fuck us all over because you didn't it's it's a big pile of shit. I'm sorry to say to fuck you, you you fucking pulled the wool over our eyes on this one because the one single you released was half good. You thought okay, he bought himself a little bit with that single. Literally, the only listenable piece of music on that album is that single. The rest of it is complete horseshit. I'm not the only one who thinks it. He has hurt his reputation with this album. It's not one of those. Oh, it's really for the real fans, or it's oh, it's really artsy. You really have to get into it, and like you'll see the meaning. No, it's shit. It's shit music. I'm disappointed. I'm pissed. But I listen to it on Spotify, so it's not like I spent a fucking cent on it. It's just annoying. Uh, and my number one. I go back and forth between this and Stuber as the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life uh, from a movie. But this movie is on Hulu. And if it ever sees the light of day anywhere else, shoot it. Just shoot it. It is a terrible attempt at bad horror. And it's not even like camp horror or B-horror. It's not even horror. It's like mystery thriller horror bullshit. It's called False Positive. Um, wow. What a shit movie. Uh Basically, this woman and her husband have tried to get pregnant. Pierce Brosnan is this doctor who can basically put a baby in anybody. And you find out how. And it's not pretty. And she fucking... I'll spoil it. She gives birth to like a dead fetus and she fucking carries it around like it's a real baby. It's the fucking worst piece of shit ever Oh my God. And she goes like so insane from the pregnancy and the drugs that she thinks this fucking fetus is real. It's fucking terrible. Don't waste your goddamn time. If you have Hulu, cancel it. Cancel Hulu so you don't ever even get this in your <laughs> recommendations. What a pile of shit. I absolutely hated it. It's called False Positive. 
And I'll tell you, after two hours of having the positive conversation, to be able to get this stuff off of our chest to end it really makes me happy. It felt good. It felt good. I love the worst. (laughs) I absolutely love the worst. But uh, Sam and I have an entire second half of the episode to do. Before we do that, Mike, I just want to say, man, thank you so much for coming on, hanging out with us. A, thank you for all you do for this podcast. We sincerely mean that. But B, this was a really cool two hours, man. Listen, I... uh... I had a ball. I, I wish you guys continued success. You know, uh, hopefully your million uh, listenership doesn't dip with me on for two hours. But uh, listen, I, I it's just my appreciation, to you guys. I just it, it's I a two way street. I I can't follow all the news, right? Listen, I can't go to IGN every single day and like podcasts like you. You know, it, it's it's entertaining. I love the banter between you guys. You know, lifelong friends. Like you know, I don't fucking i've been married 15 years you know got a 10 year old 40 years old i friends don't even exist in my world anymore but um you got us mike i uh yeah listen i i I enjoyed it i wish you guys the the best and um you know keep kicking ass man it's great um you know so anything i can do you know uh, i'm happy to and uh i don't know what it is with with pennsylvania boys but um you know they're a lot cooler than the boston guys i don't know what it is with boston guys because i keep making friends up that way so uh, I'll take, I'll fucking take it. Cause, uh, it's, it's awesome. So Mike, again, thank you so much. M. Cassini yeah. on Instagram, please give him a follow on IG. You will not regret it. But with that being said, hang on to your butts. Cause Sam and I'll be right back with the second half of this episode. And we're back and I'm going to take it over in gaming and we're going to start it off big because there was an achievement list and screenshots of golden eye 007. This is insane like we just had our two hour awards and now we have banger after banger that we're going to be able to talk about and just be able to start off with goldeneye like i think it was like on new year's eve or new year's day randomly an achievement list for an xbox one version of goldeneye just drops but it's not only achievements it's photos that come with the achievements there's box art fucking uh screenshots and there are two players that have actually achieved both awards and get or all the achievements. And guess what? Those two players are rare employees. By the way, rare made Goldeneye. So uh, if that doesn't tell you that this is real, I don't know what is. My thing is, is it that 360 remake that we saw? It has to be. It has to. Or be. are they going to drop the OG and just give us achievements? I don't. I don't know, my friend. I don't know. I'm leaning towards that. 360 remaster which would just be the best beautiful it does and it's a fucking dude so the story behind that real quick is i think it was either 05 06 07 or 08 uh microsoft um mgm and nintendo all came together because they're the parties that have to and there's another one i can't remember who owned the bond license they all came together and they said we want to do this remake it was done clearly you saw it the rom leaked earlier in 21 or maybe late 20 it leaked and it was playable out there for people that was done and apparently weeks away from an announcement nintendo pulled out oh my god i don't know why if it was because it wouldn't have done well on the wii or because they already had that golden eye remake that they did for the wii and i don't know why or maybe they just weren't getting a big enough piece of the pie that wouldn't shock me we're talking about nintendo here uh, i'm such a cynical nintendo fanboy but i don't know but that makes me think that this remake is coming now it's going to come to xbox i would imagine that nintendo has to come back to the table and agree on it again and remember a month or two ago remember nintendo got the golden eye unbanned in germany yeah so like yep. 
it's it's got to be coming to Switch too. I just don't know if it's going to be the remake or if maybe the N64 games on Nintendo Switch Online would get the original. I don't know, but that's a world I'm willing to live in. If this is a remaster of Golan, this will this be enough to finally make me buy my very first Xbox console? And all you need is a Series S because this game will come to Game Pass. Now you're you're a physical guy. The Series S doesn't allow no, this, but. No, but Xbox would be the one. I'd be like, you know what? I don't even care. Yeah, because you don't have nostalgia for fucking Xbox games. You know, you could deal with just getting Game Pass. The series well, that and I save on space because space is tough to come. Yeah, by. and the Series S is a beautiful, small little thing. And like, that's a it's a Game Pass machine. It's a wonderful Game Pass machine. But because this is a rare game, and all and rare is owned by Microsoft, this would come to Game Pass day one. And that is so mind blowing that I already have N sixty four on Switch. I already have Game Pass. I wouldn't have to pay a cent and I would get multiple versions of my favorite first person shooter of all time. What are we talking about here? There are so many people that say this game doesn't age well, and this isn't nostalgia talking. No. I think it does. I think it ages great, especially the multiplayer. This is a phenomenal game. You give me the 360 remake. I'm in heaven. It- Just press pause and listen to that music. <laughs> Come on. Dude, I don't give a shit about the Bond movies, but I care so much about the game. Give me all the golden eye. I pray that this is real. I pray it comes this year. And if it does, what an announcement for Microsoft to kick off their E3 presser. That would be just, I would love it. Or, or that's how you freaking just, that's who you end on. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, this is coming out. God Bam. Damn, good night. Dude, that would be so sick. And people Opening so or psyched. close, you win. And people get so psyched over a 360 game. Like, that's the world we live in. I love I it. Know. Oh, my God. I love it. E2 2022 will get... It's my, my bad. E3. Oh, that's, that's right. It's a tip on my bad. I should have picked. Well, it was 2222. Two, two, two. E3 2022 will again be an online event. Yeah, they thought they were going to go in person. They made the decision to go back to online, which is fine by me. A lot of people think E3 2021 kind of shit the bed. I'm just happy we had something. Um, you know, probably way too many companies had press conferences. Capcom didn't need one square. Didn't need one. Yeah. Ubisoft barely needed one. So like, if you just give me Microsoft, Nintendo, I wish Sony would come back, but they're just not gonna. So if you give me the big two and maybe like a square and a Bethesda and that's it, I'm fine. I'm not Bethesda. I'm sorry. Ubisoft. Like I'm fine there. Don't give me the EA, EA play. Those are fucking terrible. And the Capcom and the fucking gearbox take two bullshit don't need it just give me the big heavy hitters and i'll be fine i'm not going to e3 so it'd be digital for me anyway yeah. i don't care the only thing we're missing it's better for us in the long nintendo run. does a direct anyway it's not even like they do a stage conference anymore so they haven't done a they haven't done a stage conference in years so what do they care the only stage conference we're missing out on is microsoft and last year yeah. they didn't awesome e3 they had probably the best presser of them all so yeah this is fine with me i'm cool with sitting on my couch watching this shit on my tv psvr2 dropped its first real details along with a huge exclusive game. yeah and this looks like it's going to be the cat's meow the problem is it's not fully wireless there's one single wire we kind of knew that but now you're going to get oled display on your VR headset, I believe can upscale DLSS to 4K. It's got all the bells and whistles, but I think the bigger story, because specs are cool, that's great. It's a VR machine. You know what you're kind of getting into with better technology than you did four years ago. Horizon is getting a VR game slash experience. I don't think it's going to be as a big deal as they kind of 
alluded it to be. Made it out to be. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Call of the Mountain. So to know that these big franchises like Horizon are going to come to PSVR, that tells me God of War is coming. Right? It tells me Uncharted's getting something. Like they're going to make our their big pole franchises VR, even if they're two hour experiences. I think that's enough. VR, motion sickness, all that stuff. Two hours is plenty of time on the headset for me. I look at what RE7 was able to accomplish, Resident Evil, and VR, making that whole game playable and having it be an incredible experience. RE4 for VR has won every award this year for a fucking 20-year, 15-year-old game. I love it. Fire Sprite is the company that will be making that title, uh, called Call the Mountain for Horizon. Fire Sprite was just acquired by Sony, and they're located in England. And I'm going to leave it there because they have something to do with this next story. Oh, Jesus. There's some very good and bad news for the Twisted Metal PS5 reboot. So the good news is that Lucid, the original developers on that dog shit Destruction All-Stars game, have been pulled from the project. They are reportedly no longer working. It's a good thing because I don't think that they have the chops, and clearly they don't because Sony took them off the project. But, <coughs> oh, and by the way, the Fire news? Sprite will be the team making it. So now you have that. And uh, the president of Lucid came over. So, like, and they're 15 minutes away from each other. So, like, it's definitely a thing. Um, so it's good that Fire Sprite, a brand new team from Sony, will be able to do this. Here's the bad thing I don't know how bad because I don't know how far along this game was. But when you switch developers like that, you're scrapping everything, and you're yeah, and and you're starting over. Start over. So, so we won't see this for what three years? I I have to imagine this is 2025. Yeah, at this point, maybe maybe 24 because it's a car combat game, and they have assets. Maybe they'll still use some from Destruction All Stars. I don't know. That's Sony's call. Like I said, I don't know how bad news this is. Maybe they scrapped it for story reasons, and there's a whole bunch of assets built already for the cars, characters, and combat. But. Man, I think this is a 2025 game. Maybe we'll get lucky, and maybe it's 2024, but that's like uh, earliest. Crud. <laughs> Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon Legends Arceus got a 14-minute gameplay blowout. All right, my co-host, Philip J. Fry, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for that. I was very impressed by this, but here's the, the problem with this was it didn't give – Things like we didn't already kind of know. There were no new Pokemon announced, although there was maybe a new one in the background that some sleuthy folks had picked up on. Uh, But it gave us exactly what we thought it was. This is not Pokemon of the Wild. This is Pokemon Monster Hunter, which we kind of figured over the last couple trailers. And that's fine by me. The area looks big enough. Um, The crafting doesn't seem like it's going to be crazy. It seems like you just pick up items in the wild and you just put them together. Kind of like Last of Us style, which I can I can handle that. I can do that. You know, combine these two things to make this one thing is fine enough for me. Uh, the piece that I loved was when you're riding Weird Deer and you're about to go off a cliff. Instead of some dumb animation, it just automatically switches you to Braviary, so you can do the flying thing, you do the serving thing. Like it doesn't look like there's long loading screens and things like that. It does look like a seamless experience, which is fun. Uh, I also like that sometimes the Pokemon will just fucking headbutt your Pokeball away and say, fuck you, Jobu. I'll do it myself. And then you have to fight it. I, I do like that. I am still, we'll call it cautiously optimistic about this game. Of course, I'm going to pick it up day one. It is one of my top 10 most anticipated games of 2022. It probably is my number one, maybe my number two outside of God of War. So like, 
I'm hype. I'm ready. 14 minutes was nice because we still don't know jack shit. I personally think the starter Pokemon evolve into something different because they haven't shown us that yet. And these are pre-existing starters. It's Cyndaquil. It's Rowlet. It's Oshawott. We know what they look like. So either they're not showing us because we know or they're not showing us because they evolve into something different. I think there's more to that. We'll catch up with that. But if you want to, it's on our Facebook. 14 minutes. Gameplay blowout. Check it out. Kirby and the Forgotten Land got a release date of March 23rd. Perfect. Two months after Legends, I'll probably spend a month playing Legends. I'll catch up on something on Game Pass in Feb. And then late March, I'll buy my first ever Kirby game. Like, that's cool to me. I want this game. March is great. It's actually, they're skipping Feb because A, there will be a direct in Feb. But B, you got Elden Ring. You got Horizon. You got a whole bunch of shit in February. Stay far, far away. Go to March. I think that's a great time for that. And it looks banging. They released a minute and a half trailer, brand new one. It looks so good. And there's co-op for all you Kirby fans out there. A co-op Kirby game. Who would have thought? Like every other Kirby game ever. It It's cool, man. The Last of Us meets Nintendo. I'm all for it. Kirby has a blunderbuss. Fucking using a gun. Kirby, the pink blob. I love it. Give me all the Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Just a couple more months. And the last story we have in the gaming space, God of War is now available on pc and apparently people are saying this is the best most definitive way to play this game oh wow i didn't even hear that i personally think i watched now it's tough to be able to like watch something on an ipad and then equate it to your tv but i watched about 15 minutes of gameplay on the pc i think the ps5 4k upscale version they got is phenomenal in every way i actually think it looks better i saw a side by side of ps5 and pc i think ps5 looks slightly better maybe the pc performs better i don't know but this game is now opened up to a completely new audience, the Xbox fan, the PC gamer, the Nintendo fan, whatever, who doesn't own a PlayStation. And this is a cannot miss title. You have to play it. Ragnarok supposed excuse me, supposedly coming later this year. Hey, if you've ever been interested in this God of War 2018 kind of reboot of the franchise, now's your opportunity if you don't own a PlayStation console, it's available on PC. Let's get into TV. I flew through. That's probably the fastest I've ever done gaming. Uh, it's a long night. It's been a long night. And we still got impressions up of a show that I personally think has made one of the best first impressions of any TV show in recent history. I'm talking five to ten years. Maybe the best pilot episode since, like, Game of Thrones. Like, oh It's so good. What would you think of Peacemaker? Peacemaker. Both of us, We I know we, they... First three episodes dropped. We were lucky enough to watch all three. And I think we're both in agreement that all three episodes were absolutely fantastic. I I enjoyed it better than Suicide Squad. I hate to even ah, admit dude, that. Dude, it's not even close. But I did. It's not I mean, close, the, dude. Like, I, I, I did. Like, the Suicide Squad, it was a good movie. But Peacemaker, John Cena, he stands out. He was made for this role. James Gunn. I, He's I made for TV, dude. James Squad. Gunn does better TV yeah, than t- I, than movie. How about that? I, I understand. I understand why he wrote this after the movie. He had all this time with the downtime. He he wrote a quick show and three episodes. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad. I I, I love the cast. I love the vibe. The music's great. I didn't skip the intro once. Me neither. All three of them. It's so good. What a great intro. Great but you're, you're you're right though. Like a, a a new show to come on. Like again, like this is what I I guess would be my thing for against Yellow Jackets. I didn't get the hook the first episode. Like this one, 
bam, you got me. First one, I'm in. Yeah. I didn't feel that for Yellow Jackets, but this one, you guys got me. Uh, I'm in for the ride for what? There's eight episodes. I can't wait. This is a show that I was looking forward to, but like after Suicide Squad, I was like, fuck, I'm a little down because I thought John Cena had more in him. And apparently they were just saving it for this show. Like the yeah. first five minutes alone, I was raffling. I was rolling. Oh it was so fucking funny. Just him in the conversation with the janitor that you've seen in every trailer ever. There is so much more to that conversation than they show in the trailer. And it is by far one of the funniest moments I can remember watching on the television set. It was so good. And I think that this is just like I'm speaking specifically of the pilot because the other two were incredible too. Just I thought the first one was just a 10 out of 10. I, I I cannot remember a TV show giving me a better first impression. Like even Yellow Jackets didn't crush me until episode two when the thing actually happens and you see the actual like wreckage. Like that's yeah. when I was like, fuck yeah. You talk about a pilot. Like I think back and I'm like, what pilot was more enjoyable for me? I'm sure I can come up with one maybe, but like the first thing that pops in my head is something like Game of Thrones. See, in- Invincible popped in my head. Like, yeah. first episode, the ending got me. Right, but that's just the ending for me. Like, I, I know the whole show and-, and the whole episode was good for you. Yeah, but I-, I see. What- I so see many people saying. just talk about the ending. For me, I could talk about yeah. that whole episode, dude. And I love yeah. what James Gunn does. He is a better long-form writer. Maybe when you pack him into 90 to two hours, 90 minutes to two hours, he doesn't – he's not allowed to breathe. He's got to tell a very – like – a to B story. He's got to get it out quick with this. He's got time to be creative and wacky and silly. He's got eight episodes to do it. And I think that that's where you're starting to see his genius kind of peek through because it didn't show for me that much in suicide squad, but this is everything I wanted from this show. And through three episodes, even more. And I love the way he uses music to help, to help tell his story. Cause you could tell he loves music and he's not afraid to flaunt that. It's very well done. Yeah. It's on HBO max. I can't recommend it enough, dude. I don't care if you don't like superhero shit. If you don't like DC, I don't care. This is a, just a very good TV show. It's hilarious. It's gory. It's brilliant. It's bloody. And it's just fucking fun. Oh. And we have to say, e- Eagle, who 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 the freaking knew that we would love a, a goddamn fake eagle? And by the way, that I, that CG is convincing. No, it, it's great. I mean, like the, the cast, everyone it flows great. Robert Patrick, I, I think, as his father is, yeah, he's an asshole, but it it, it kind of works well to see how effed up he, you know, John Cena's character, Christopher Smith, Peacemaker is. Yeah, you have, and I, good. I'm, and and then you know, again, you said episode one. I don't want to say who the character, but there was a a pretty good cameo in the first episode. If I'm not mistaken, it was one, right? Didn't a certain character make a little appearance on the on the old iPad? Oh, yep, 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 yep. I, you know, gotcha. what I mean? so I was like, another little surprise. I didn't hear anything about this person coming in, so to see that, I was awesome. Um, Vigilante, you know, I I only know a little bit about Vigilante from the comics. I think he had a little stint in Arrow, but. And I know that originally it was Chris Conrad was supposed to play the character. I think he shot half the episodes and then him and James Gunn had creative differences. Then he left and then they brought on Freddie Stroma to play, who I think is very funny he for the first funny. three episodes. Yeah. It is. It's just a delight of a show. I had to like think who the hell you were talking about for that cameo. Got it. Um, again, there's not really much more to say because we don't want to give spoilers out. I think yeah, what we'll do exactly. is when this show wraps – We'll kind of do our little spoiler cast. Maybe, oh, please, yes. You know, we could do a halfway, but halfway is next week. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll kind of figure that out as we go. But sometime in the next month or so, we'll do maybe two months, whatever. We'll do our spoiler cast of this show. And 
I, the way episode three ends, I don't think it's going to lose steam. Like, I think it's going to yeah, be able I, to keep it up. Yeah, there, there's a reason why he wanted to release the first three episodes. Um, I, I, I know he's rumored to already be working on something else for DC, but I don't know that if it's going to be a sequel or if it's going to be something completely different. I, I will say, though, uh, if they decided to only drop one, I think I'd still be just as hype. I'm glad they dropped three, and they were three fantastic episodes. But one was just so good. It stood out so well above the rest that if they just did that, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I can't wait for next Thursday. But now I'm like, hell yeah, like let's go, baby. Yeah. It was just it was just so well done. So cannot recommend Peacemaker enough. That's on HBO Max is available for you to watch right now. First three episodes, 45 minutes each, completely digestible. Enjoy that. The Wall Street Journal has reported that the CW is up for sale. Yeah, I mean, uh, what, what was it? They didn't make money in the last six like, years. <laughs> like, uh, well, how have they been making the, all these shows and canceling and added more superhero shows? That don't make sense. No, but I think that it makes sense to just move it all to max. I mean, like, if you're going to continue along with some of these shows like Stargirl or whatever, just move it to max. Make it a max original. And go from there. Because yeah, I'm not going to lie. I had I didn't finish Stargirl. I um, didn't finish Flash. I didn't finish Batwoman. Like it, there, There's too much in the CW. If you don't catch it like the week after, it's gone. Yeah. So like I can't even watch them right now. So it's like, you know what? I ain't going to stress. You still you least, still don't have DVR? No, I don't. 2020 motherfucking two. <laughs> um, uh, I, Supernatural's done. So like there's a lot of things on CW that you're like, well, that's kind of a WB. You know CW's in trouble when Walker is their number one show. Yeah. I mean, CW is just WB-17, so they're owned by Warner Brothers, so they yeah. could just throw it on Max. But maybe they get that dollar-dollar bills, y'all. I, I don't know all the specifics behind it. It makes sense to me that if I'm in creative control, I just say, well, what can we move to Max? And then all the shit we don't want, let's try to sell off that IP. That's yeah. that's the only thing I can think. But there's a reason that I'm behind this microphone and not in that office making that decision. The Boys Season 3 will premiere on June 3rd. I, I, I was kind of hoping a little bit sooner. I thought it was actually is sooner because they usually go July. So we get it like a month early. Wasn't it? It's July. I, it was, I thought April. No, was, I think the first season. Season 2 is definitely July. I thought Season 1 was also, but I could be mistaken. Oh, yeah. Season 2. Actually, you're right. It was September 4th, 2020 was Season 2. There you go. So even later. So, okay, yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'm hyped to see Jensen Ackles in the role. I want to see this hero gasm episode where they say it was the craziest episode ever filmed. Yeah, they, they so, put out all the episode releases and they're like, episode one, two, three, four. Yeah, I, I, think it, I think it was five or six. It was five or it six. It was six. That, that but was. I mean, like, they they said, like, it was episode one, two, three, four, five, just by that. And then they actually named hero gasm as episode six. And then they went back to episode seven, eight. So it was like, you know, if they're dropping that and making it stand out, like they want you yeah. to watch this one. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't freaking wait. Yeah, it, it's, season two was great. I mean, it wasn't as good as season one, but again, season one was a damn near perfect season of television. So it was- yeah, and we left it off the list. You figure, I mean, it started in twenty twenty and it trickled in twenty twenty one, but we, you know, we all left it off. Yeah, that's list, a, so. that's a twenty twenty show to me because September is is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's twenty twenty as it can get. Um, yeah. I liked it so much. I'm totally happy. I cannot wait. Um, I'm happy we don't have to wait too, too long because we still don't have a technical start date for Stranger Things. 
So like we know Ozarks in a couple weeks and this that and the other, but like all twenty first, oh baby, like we're two, we're a week away. So from tomorrow, so I mean, there you go, because Netflix drops it all at once. So that's that'll get us through till I don't know the twenty second, and they're only releasing part one, right? Seven episodes. Then they'll do another one in probably April or May, and then that'll get us through to the boys, which then hopefully brings us through to Stranger Things. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, that's what we know. By the way, I took this off the list because I thought I would mention it during our awards, but Yellow Jackets renewed for season two. Uh, Degrassi is getting a new series on HBO Max in 2023. Mentioned that during the awards. I don't know if it's going to be some of the original cast. I don't know if it's going to be some of the Netflix cast. I don't know Probably what's a going bit on. Of both. I think it's going to be a brand new thing. I think that you might get a cameo from... I don't know, like Muriel McDonald or something like that. I don't think Drake is going to come in and, and reprise his role as Jimmy. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a brand new thing. I think the problem that I have with this, and not like you give a shit, Sam, but for the, for the people that do, the problem I have with this is HBO Max has a lot of shows like this. They have Generation. HBO has Euphoria. HBO is insecure. Like, there's a lot of shows that are high school this. And Degrassi was always the campy really shitty awesome one and i'm afraid that hbo max is going to turn it into something a little too serious so i'm definitely concerned there if they keep it the campy canadianness that made it great in the first place i'm all for it if they try to make it into another like real drama i'm not gonna be pleased i have enough of that i can watch that somewhere else um i don't need that there's Degrassi could be cut and pasted a million or copy and pasted. It needs that campy bullshit that makes it so much fun to begin with. And so I'm like very cautiously optimistic. I would say I'm more cautious than optimistic at this point, but I'm just psyched that the name Degrassi is still in the lexicon of pop culture in 2022. That's very cool for me. Uh, Netflix has announced, has announced Murderville starring Will Arnett, it's actually coming February 3rd. Did you see the tweet about this today? I didn't. Oh, dude. All right. So let me explain this fucking plot to you. And I want you to tell me that this doesn't sound like one of the best shows that you're going to watch this year. Netflix just dropped it today. They didn't even put out the release date. I had to go on Netflix and add it to my list to be told it's coming February 3rd. But huh. Netflix tweeted out at one o'clock today. Welcome to Murderville, a new series starring Will, Arn- Will Arnett, who is a detective. And in every episode, he has to solve a new murder with a celebrity guest star as his partner. Camille Noonjani. Um, I'm looking at the pictures. I, I see Conan O'Brien, yeah, yeah. Ken Jong-un. Here's the catch. Here's the catch. The guest uh, celebrity is not given a script, so they have to improvise their way through the case. I mean, Marshawn Lynch. Like, I, I'm not really interested to hear what he really, you know, I don't know. I. I like Will Arnett. I don't know. I, I guess I got to see something. I, I'm not sold on it just yet. But how about the, how cool is that premise though? Like, like the pre- like the premise is cool with the Conan O'Brien and Kang Jung. Everyone else, uh, I really don't really care about. I don't know, man. To hear celebrities be able to have to improvise, it's like that's just you got an. But that's what half of them do. I mean, I, but the, but I don't they're know. Given a script, they don't know who the murderer is. They don't know nothing. It's just going to be fucking wacky craziness. I feel like that could go. It's either going to be really good or absolute dog. I shit. can ag- okay. I will see you on that. I agree. You this know, has potential. The Marshawn Lynch episode. I can probably tell that's going to be the worst episode. Of this I can. I, I will. 
agree with you that this has incredible potential to bomb, but because of its premise alone, I am sold and I cannot wait. And this is one of those instances where I'm happy it's getting the Netflix treatment where it's all episodes at once as opposed to once a week. Cause if it does bomb, it'll just cancel after one I'm, season. And we I'm done. No, be like, if it was like a weekly, I would never tune back in. But with it being Netflix, if the first one sucks, okay, you know what? The next episode's a new celebrity. Let me try that one. It almost gives the opportunity for individual episodes to be great without the whole season having to be great. Oh, so, sense. okay. So th- it's originally a British show that was called murder in, in success. Yes. That they're, uh, that they're adapting. It's just the premise. Yeah, same, it's the same premise. Exact thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the whole premise. Yeah, so. same exact thing. Yeah, and, and, right. and that is a wonderfully popular show over there across the pond. So I am – color me excited. Yeah. I was just looking to see if they had our boy uh, Winston. I can't think of his name. Having a brain fart from uh, Ian McShane. Oh, God. Because it was over the pond. You know, I was like, oh, maybe Ian McShane. Nah, he's not in it. By the way, um, I'm going through my – phone to get the review for our next story and i have to say something i really like sushi now it's a sushi's good it's a shame i i hated sushi for years then you give me i try to tell you you just got to get the right you give me a street roll i'm gonna fuck that shit up you get a super dragon roll with the orange sauce does it have avocado in it i'm not sure but whatever it does i'm fucking out give me the old shrimp tempura crap with Crap! Oh, you can't you can't have no avocado. You'll, you'll be living on that. Yeah, uh, dude. Yeah, give me a shrimp tempura. Wrap that shit with. Uh, I put that little crab meat on top. Oh my god! Give me some mm-hmm. eel sauce. I'm I'm going to town. Shrimp tempura is phenomenal. All right, as we move into movies, we have just two stories, and then we're out of here. So we actually made some pretty good time. Uh, the review for Scream is out, and apparently this is like the best Scream since the original. The latest addition to the Scream franchise expertly blends reverence for the source material while creating something that feels almost completely new. All of the performances are pitch perfect. As their new generation of Woodsboro teens step into their futures, the kills are gnarly, and no version of toxic fandom is left unmocked. What was it? Eight out of ten? Nine. Oh, jeez. I mean, I heard the same exact thing. I heard it was the best one. They were like, I think it was Doug Benson. He put... Two, three, and four don't even matter. One in the new one. Best ones of the franchise. So uh, good to see our boy Jack Quaid uh, doing pretty good. And and you know who else is in this movie? The girl. Nev Campbell, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. The girl who plays young Thaisa from Yellow Jackets. Savon. Oh. Jasmine Savoy. Jasmine Savoy. Also, the, um, the one chick from Yellow Jackets was in the second episode of Book of Boba Fett. Third episode, I thought. It was today's episode or yesterday's episode was today's yeah, episode? episode three it was third it was yeah. third yep third yeah. episode sophie sophie t- t- yep. t- and she was good and she was good yeah P- dude can you believe the corner view of all people just dm us and said he's fucking out on that show just like i am i i just didn't i don't care for it what show book of boba fett he, he's mm-hmm. like yo that episode blew i'm out i was like hey it, it's not for me i i bailed out after two i'm good um but uh and also young shauna Remember, I don't know if you remember me saying this. My number three movie of the year in 2020 was this movie called The Kid Detective with Adam Brody, uh, where he like he was a he was like literally a kid detective who couldn't solve one case. Da 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 da. Gets a redemption. Great movie. She's in it as the main character. I didn't fucking recognize her. It's it's cool though. I went back and I was like, holy shit, that's Young Shauna from Yellow Jackets. So just some cool stuff. Christina Ricci and and what's her face, Juliette Lewis are phenomenal in that show together. But. Um, We'll go into our last story of the night. John Watts, who did Spider-Man No Way Home, and I believe the whole trilogy, 
uh, will produce the Final Destination reboot. This is just an odd choice that he go to produce that. Word on the street is he's going to be directing the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I heard that too. So I mean, I really don't care about Final Destination. They made what five, six of those. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm it's good. been rebooted about as many times as Spider Man, so it makes sense. It's in his wheelhouse it's right now. In right? his wheelhouse, yeah. He can go take something that Start wasn't next great and like make it its most popular. He's really good at that. He just did it. Yeah. So good on him. Um, that's it. We don't have a weekly for you today. We had a long enough episode. We had so much shit, but we'll be back to our kind of normal rise and grind next week with picks of the week, a weekly WADA. We'll be back to all that stuff. But I love this episode. I love being able to do the awards. It was great to have Mike on. I love having a third person for these awards. We should probably do something like that. No, that's what I told him. I said, yo, start your list. Get ready for next year. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's something a little different for it's, us. It's fun to hear other people's perspective. And when he dropped number two game as Metroid Dread, I damn near shit myself. And then when he said the worst was uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto, perfect. It was just great. What a great call. So, Mike, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate you. And, uh, hey, that's the thing, man. We don't do this show without you all, so we love to return the favor and have some of our friends and fans and listeners on the show because we don't have a show without you. So without further ado, this was our first episode of 2022. We're sorry we missed last week, but we promised to make 2022 one of our best years yet. It'll be our sixth year doing this podcast. As unbelievable as that sounds. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week for episode 267. Fucking Degrassi. Ah!